0: Ok, Smoke and Snow, episode 33. When last we left our heroes, they were exploring the Moss Dwarf village of Orb Swallow. During their travels around the Dolmenwood, they've discovered that this strange offshoot of the mages known as the Senna, this offshoot known as the Druun, were apparently responsible for bringing... The dolman wood into this strange sort of pocket dimension that it currently inhabits where winter and the cold seasons in general appears to have little to no purchase and in fact our very own malcolm hop was contacted by a a frost themed elf maiden who explained that she wanted to try and see the balance restored because the the hubris of the drone had effectively thrown off the natural cycle, because if there is a summer, there must be an autumn, there must be a spring, and there must be a winter, but that is no longer the case in the Wood. Our heroes are currently searching for a mythical blade known as the Green Steel or the Green Blade, which they have discovered, or believe, that the Druun used as a sort of conduit, when they conducted their magical ritual to pull the dolman wood into its pocket dimension. There has been much debate amongst the heroes about if they remove this pivotal aspect of the enchantment, what will happen? Will the dolman wood crash back into Valconan, destroying what is in the place it once occupied? Will things shift to accommodate it? How will it affect the weather and the people in both places? That sort of thing. But. Whilst they're still musing that, obviously, first of all, they have to track down the green steel. And they believe that one of the ways in which they can do this is to locate the Druun, this mysterious sect of forest sages and sorcerers. From various people, they've discovered that apparently the Druun are the guardians of the many and various dolmen stones that give the dolmen wood its name. And they discovered from their escort, I suppose, Samuel Tippins, a trader who does a regular trade between Swallow Village and Castle Brackenwall, that he knew of the location of some of these stones, but he gave them a wide berth because he doesn't want any truck with these droons, the local people being so scared of them that they barely dare speak their names, using various euphemisms for them instead. So... We jump in with our heroes, having asked Samuel to take them to where one of these monoliths is located. You travel for two days through the wood, going a little bit off the beaten track, heading to the west of Orb Swallow. Obviously, that'll take a couple of rations for each of you as you travel it's fairly slow going because it's off the beaten path as i've said but eventually you reach an area where having passed from the sort of fungal area of orb swallow into slightly denser woodland you eventually reach an area about midway through the second day where the tree coverage starts to noticeably thin a little bit and as you As you sort of start getting forward, you spot what appears to be the edge of a crystal clear lake, and just through the trees, at the centre of the lake on a tiny little island, you can see a a large, maybe 15 foot high obelisk of what appears to be a jagged, solid looking black basalt-like rock with thin traceries. Of silver running through it. The cart is pulled to a stop. You notice that the horses have become noticeably more skittish as you got nearer to this obelisk. Samuel Tippins pulls the cart to a stop and he says, right, this is as far as I go I'm afraid. Uh, I, I I daren't risk uh, angering the, the Watchers of the Woods by getting any closer. Uh, if you're still planning to go through with uh, whatever you've got in mind, well, uh, I, I wish you all luck, uh, gentlemen, lady. That Thank
1: seems you very sh- much for your service. Yeah. Seems fair. I suggest you make your way before we investigate any further, and you find yourself caught up in something you don't want to be in.
0: All right, I, I'm going to. He basically. As you're sort of getting off the car, getting all your gear off, etc. He wheels the car around in a wide circle to point back in the direction it came from. And he says, uh, yes, I'm going to head back to Orb Swallow, finish my business there. And uh, p- perhaps if you're lucky, we'll, we'll meet again either there or in uh, Castle Brackham. Order. Well, uh, I wish you all the best. And that snaps the, the reins and his horses slowly start picking their way through the trees. The cart starts trundling off. As he goes, you see him sort of give a last like wave of his hand, a farewell, and then the cart sort of trundles between the trees and disappears. Uh, how far from the rock are we? You're just at the very edge of this pretty <laughs> large sort of lake, I suppose you could. It. It's not really a lake, it's more of a pool. But it's this island's in the middle of it, so like you'd have to wade across this pool to get it. You're probably about... You're maybe 10 feet from the edge of the pool, and then there's like 15 feet of water, and there's this little island.
2: Um, <clears throat> How big is the circumference of the lake?
0: The circumference of the lake, it's probably... 50, 60 feet
2: okay so i would like to um kind of walk around the entire circumference checking for tracks or marks or anything
0: uh like that okay no problems make your tracking roll.
2: Uh that is a very strong success.
0: Okay, lovely. So as you're moving around you do see a few tracks, so sort of very scattered and they're quite old. They appear to be made by humans, you would assume, and they appear to be like to be barefoot when they're walking around. You can obviously tell from the shape of like the prints. They're, they're they're like a good couple of weeks old, but with it being sort of fairly sheltered and sort of covered over here, and obviously there not being any winter or snow like you're used to, it's a lot easier to pick up the tracks here. Particularly because the the presence of the pool at the, sort of like the edge of it makes the ground a little bit more spongy and a little bit muddier.
2: Okay, and are they coming and going? Yeah. Okay. And they're two, three weeks old,
0: we reckon? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, and how deep does the pool look? Okay, look at it, Like I say, it's crystal clear, so you can see the bottom of it. That's not a problem. Looking at it, you, you would estimate, and obviously there's a little bit of distortion because of the water and anyway, like refraction, but you would estimate maybe 60, 70 feet. Sort of like at its deepest point, obviously it sort of like slopes downwards from the bank.
2: Okay.
0: <clears throat> okay. Sorry, so that would mean we'd have to swim; we couldn't wade all the way. That's... You
1: would yeah. have to swim, yeah. Okay. And what direction is uh, Malcolm looking at these tracks from where we currently are looking well, at the map?
0: They're sort of scattered around the pool. He's pretty much walking oh, okay. around the pool.
1: So all over the place. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm. Mean, I'm happy to. Like, just take off my armor and swim out to the have a look at this thing. I mean, if
0: you think you think so, looking at it, Brock, that as long as you weren't sort of weighed down by that armor, as you say, it'd be pretty easy to swim over. I mean, there's no like currents really or anything, you've got to worry about,
1: and you can't sort of see anything particularly in there, like you know, fish or anything, potential dangers.
0: I'd say there's probably a, a few small sort of like little like yeah. silvery fish swimming about, but nothing that immediately sets off alarm bells.
1: Nothing like what we've encountered in the past. Um, yeah, I mean I'm happy to do that, but it, but it's what do you think is going to happen when we do that? Are they going to come out? And do you guys want to go into hiding? And but there's a good chance they already know we're here if we're this close. You know, if they appear when people. Get close. It looks to. like they've
2: been here for a few weeks though, so yeah. I wonder how much of that is like old wives' tales. Um, I'm happy for us to hide if you want to swim out and see if, yeah, there's any sign of them or anything there that might attract them.
1: And <clears throat> yeah,
2: we can, uh, yeah, we'll just hide here and wait for someone to come and you can examine
1: it. Yeah, we'll test, we'll test their, uh, they're rumours. So I'm gonna take off my arm and give it to Lan just okay. to sort of keep hold of while while they sort of uh, hide themselves as best as possible um, in the undergrowth.
0: Yeah, no problem at all. So you give your armor to Lan, you you walk up to the edge of the the pool that's a crystal clear water. You I'll just test
1: to... it with my hand.
0: You you test it, and it feels, like, very temperate. It's a little bit chillier in the surroundings, but, like, not so much that it would cause you massive discomfort. You think perhaps if you were in the water for, like, a good long time, it might become an issue, but, you know, I mean, given that the weather's fairly clement around here, as long as you're not planning on, like, treading water for, like, a week or something, you'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll ignore that. I just don't see that even sort of... An issue for myself with my uh, yeah. ice, ice walker sort of backgrounds.
0: However, as you're testing the water, you know, you put your finger in it or whatever, you obviously, you're obviously just about looking into the water. And as you look out across the water towards this small island with this obelisk rising up from it, you see what appears to be like a pale shape drifting under the water. Roughly human size, and as you, as you sort of like focus on it and you look a bit closer, obviously taking all precautions, you see what appears to be the, the sort of pale form of a beautiful younger woman, it appears to be sort of like half wrapped in various sort of bits of cloth or sort of tatters of cloth, and she appears to just be like drifting under the water with a face with a sort of like peaceful almost like serene expression as though she's being sort of like gently buffeted along by unseen gentle currents
1: and this 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 creature or this person coming towards me as i've sort of approached the edge or just generally just drifting it,
0: it slowly seems to be drifting towards you but like i say it's very sort of slow and meandering it's not like you've touched the water and it's like straight towards yeah. you
1: yeah well I'll, I'll sort of hold my ground but if it continues to get closer i'll just take a couple of steps back to sort of almost allow it to come out if it's going to come out
0: yep you take a couple of steps back and indeed as it sort of reaches near the edge you can now see it more clearly and as I've said it's a young woman actually wearing sort of a simple cloth garment that's been sort of gently wafted around by the waters as she reaches near the edge she slowly sort of rises up towards the surface and she emerges out of the water A long hair falling around sort of the water cascading off her and she She holds out slender, pale arms in your direction, Brock. Can you please make me a save versus spells?
1: Ooh. Uh Spells. No, I can't.
0: (laughs) Okay, so the rest of you... And obviously... During this, you can obviously take control of Lan as well. Brock, of course. Mm -hmm. The rest of you, you see this pale woman emerge. She holds out these slender arms, almost gently towards Brock. And a sort of odd, almost like slack expression comes over his face. He takes a couple of halting steps forward. Then his eyes roll back into his head. And he seems to like fall forwards almost in a faint. The woman, seemingly effortlessly, which is pretty impressive given how that massive Brock is, just like catches him gently in her arms. She's like cradling him, holding her his head with one of her arms, almost tenderly, like you might hold a, a child or a loved one. And she slowly starts to sink back into the water, taking Brock with her.
1: I mean, Lionel obviously instantly react to that yep Um, so she'll just run forward uh, and she'll just be shouting let him go you witch and she'll be just like trying to grab him him back before
0: okay make me a strength check for Alan.
1: okay It's going to be a good day.
0: Okay, so she, you watch the rest of you as Alan grabs hold of Brock's foot basically, but he's already covered in the spray of water that cascaded out as this this spectral maiden of the pool took hold of him, and her hands sort of slip off his muscular calves as she, as this woman like slowly continues to sink into the water taking Brock with her can I
2: uh, run out and strike the uh, woman with my sword? I guess.
0: Interesting. You most certainly can. Am I of that wrong?
2: Okay, so that's twenty-three for nine points of damage. Yeah. Okay,
0: works. that is definitely a hit. So. You, what weapon are you using? A it's sword the of
2: Sword of Respect, yeah. Okay, no
0: yeah, you lash out at this woman. For a few moments it looks as though your sword is going to pass straight through her and you feel no resistance. But then the Sword of Respect does seem to actually like cleave into her. You see the previously sort of beatific and peaceful face of this woman twists in pain and if you've ever seen the bit with the Ark of the Covenant in in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where the the beautiful looking figure comes out and then turns into this horrendous skeleton, a rather similar transformation takes place where it's almost as though the flesh on this spectral maiden is like blasted instantly off her bones by the force of her own hatred and she turns her face towards you howling in this deafening ear-piercing shriek that seems to echo through the clearing, shaking the very trees. You see the branches of trees swaying crazily as though buffeted by a strong wind and leaves are dislodged from the branches, falling down all around you. She still maintains hold of Brock. She's not like grabbing him it's just like cradling him. Although you can see her hands, once perfectly formed, gentle and delicate are now Sort of skeletal, fleshless claws that are still oddly sort of gently holding the head of Brock. Okay. Why oh, more? What are you up to? So I've got a
3: fair bit of armor on, which is why I wasn't, you know, it takes yeah, a bit.
0: T- t- to be fair, if you've just bought like plate mail, you're not <laughs> like oh swims what I fancy. Yeah, <laughs> I can't
3: really do the the, the swan dive, uh, so. Um, what he is going to be doing is um, <clears throat> getting the old, trusty uh, rope and grappling hook. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and grappling hook Brock's body, and just like try and uh, 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 like like just draw his body out of the grasp of this specter.
0: <laughs> okay. Yep. Getting the grappling hook on in it isn't a problem since the. This like phantasmal maiden is distracted by Malcolm Welly and him with a disorder of respect. So you don't even have to make a roll for that. I'm gonna ask you to make a strength roll yeah. to see if you can pull him out.
3: <laughs> Let's see. Here we go. Come on,
0: praise Gale. There we go. Okay, so yeah, so you you lean backwards putting all your weight into it. And it ends up with you like falling over because of the peg leg and the extra weight of the armour, and you pretty much land. And for a minute, you're like, "Oh, the resistance, the resistance!" Then the resistance is gone as you pull him free. Brock is pulled towards you. He sort of, almost like skims through the water, (laughs) like spraying water, or you winch him onto the bank of the pond, and basically, like you pretty much land in a pile with him as you sort of fall over when the the resistance is gone. The the upshot of that bow Brock, is as you like clatter into Weimar and you're going to be a bit bruised and a bit battered but it's not enough to really count as any damage. The sort of shock of impacting with a man like wearing full plate at fairly high speed like wakes you up from this strange sort of half slumber you had been in since you, since you sort of like looked into the eyes of this woman and you had this, as you were asleep, you had this strange dream about uh, this young unfortunate maiden sort of standing on the the bank of the pool and the bank of the pool sort of crumbling away her desperately trying to find perches as she fell towards the water falling in and sort of struggling to get back to the bank but perhaps not being able to swim you don't know but the more she struggled the more she seemed to sink until Your dream you saw her like disappear below the waves, her hand sort of being the last bit to disappear. And then there's this loud crashing of plate mail and the sort of the feeling of grass sort of scraping against your exposed skin as you open your eyes to find yourself pretty much lying in a heap with YMR with this grappling hook like tied around your leg with a bit of rope.
1: And do I remember the last sort of 30 seconds or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So I remember seeing her and, uh, and then sort of losing control of myself and, correct, yeah. um, and did, in that very quick flashback, did I see anything in the water sort of attracting her in or yeah. no? Okay. Um, well, I'm just going to, you know, spend my next turn just sort of unraveling myself and getting back up and rushing over to help Malcolm and Lan. At water edge.
0: Okay. okay, as you're doing that, the now cadaverous and skull-like maiden continues to rise up out of the water until she's actually floating like a foot above the water. Her now battered and ragged sort of clothing that appears to have like rotted away, much like a flesh, sort of hangs limply with now thin rivulets of now putrid water dribbling from her and back into the pool. She throws back her skull-like visage and lets out, again, this tremendous wail of absolutely terrible anger but also there's a strange sort of haunting beauty about it, almost. And I'm going to ask, can you all please make me a save versus spells? Oh boy.
1: I've seen through this witchcraft
3: now. So
0: blocks <clears> on <throat> none of it.
1: I'm
3: I think it's probably a, a, a given, but John, um is this magic? Yes. <laughs> Cause I have a modifier on for that. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, it's built in. Nice. Okay, so I just click this and it should be fine. Yeah. Yeah, fuck me right up.
0: <laughs> okay, so can you please roll me a D twelve? Why not? Yeah. Ten. Okay. Now, we, I think you'll probably quite like this out of character, but we'll we'll, we'll do a little bit of a discussion about this because the, the 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 whale. Of this this phantom of the pole, if you fail this save, it causes you to be stricken mad for D12 Uh days. Now, obviously, there's no sort of like stat effects, so Uh to speak. So Uh I'm gonna throw throw the floor open to you guys, but have a bit of discussion. Obviously, we know that YMR is effective in stricken mad, whatever we decide that means for. Ten days, and I'll leave you to track that. Like, the ten days. Okay. Obviously, we don't want it to be something that's going to make your character unplayable or less enjoyable for you to play. But it should be something that you know you can rock, have a bit of fun role playing, and that will have like, an impact, either positive or negative, on situations. So, I'm throwing it open. Obviously, primarily to yourself, why more but obviously everyone else, feel free to chip in because it's it's uh, the whale sort of exaggerates like your own characteristics to like bring out your inner madness it doesn't like impose a madness on you so in, in weimar's case like what sort of madness might he fall prey to, to for the next 10 days yeah
3: if anyone has any ideas um we can talk about this as, a, as I a mean question. i was wondering
1: if we'd even notice, to be honest but <laughs>
3: Um certainly the the talking
2: to himself the way he talks at a song Oh yeah that's a good idea. It kind of came yeah. to me in terms of your inner yeah. Yeah.
1: talking inner to your
2: monologue kind Does of it's, manifesting itself. There's
3: like there's one that comes to me very quickly and that's because of his sort of background in fighting against the the extremely religiously motivated people uh back on the homeland and that can go into some very very dark places so that's where my mind went surprise to everyone i'm sure um but um i, I do like the idea that he's going to sort of like externalize thoughts somehow and then like vocalize talk to himself
1: yeah or yeah. talk that's to it. other
2: stuff like, you know, horses and carriages and trees yeah. and...
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, instead of talking to the swords, he's yeah. talking to everything else, expecting yeah, everything. everything to talk back.
3: Yeah, yeah, so, sort of... Uh, <laughs> like, his, his, like, understanding of reality is, is, like, includes an additional rule, which is that everything... It's, it's almost like he lives in, a, like, an animist reality where yes. he's like, oh, well, I can talk to rocks because rocks are things that... Can talk back, right? Well, well, like you say, maybe it's
0: like he's got that used to like the sword sort of being in mental contact with him. Yeah. Maybe for the period of this madness, maybe he genuinely does think like the rocks and the horse and the cart and whatever are talking to him. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you guys, you only hear Brock's side of the conversation.
3: Yeah. No, that's good. That's good.
0: Okay. And like I say, it's for ten days. I'll leave you to track that and role play as you see fit. After letting out this, this unearthly beautiful and also terrible whale the phantom starts floating out towards you drifting through the air slowly again it's it's skeletal claws held out in front of it as they're like reaching out for you it's about five foot away from the bank still sort of like drifting slowly closer to you obviously it's it's nearest to Malcolm, because you've been like laying into it. Yeah, uh, But it's done its action for next one. I know we're not strictly in combat rounds, but I'm going to keep a loose sort of order. So it's gone. So what do you guys want to do?
2: I'd like to hit it again. Go for it. Uh, or not, as the case may be.
0: Yep, so you you swing your sword at it. However, almost as though buffeted by a gentle breeze, it just sort of drifts back a little out of range of your your sword. The the withered and decaying fronds of the cloth about it sort of rippling as though almost as though the figure was still underwater, even though it's plainly not. Okay. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm also gonna rush back in now I've seen the the truth of this, this creature. Uh, we need to Put it, put it to rest. So I'm going to run back in to try and put this thing down.
0: Okay. Make your attack run. Ah. Uh,
1: 21, but it's only 3 damage.
0: Every little helps, as they say. So, yeah, obviously with your barbarian's ability to affect non-natural creatures... You lash out at it, and you see a thin trail of sort of this almost like spectral ectoplasm is sort of cut off this creature as you strike out at it, presumably with your spear.
1: That's uh, well, my two-handed sword. Okay,
0: with your two-handed sword then.
1: It's just a uh, rolled really bad on the damage. Okay. Um And Lan, not knowing that she won't potentially be able to hit it, she will... Obviously, launch and attack it as well. Okay. Miss, miss terribly. I would <laughs> imagine.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, why more? I... So, how deep is the water where they're scuffling like right now?
0: But it's it's right on the edge. So it's like probably less than five foot deep. Well, it's literally, not if, a great idea for if me. If to you go. waded in, you'd probably be up to your waist, <laughs> yeah.
3: Hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's more off give I guess, for later, but um, yeah, I'll um, uh, let go of the, the rope because we're apparently <laughs> Brock's okay, which is what was the goal of that, and he's going back in, so I'll <clears throat> draw the sun sword and I will. I will charge in uh, with my my shield, sword, and uh, I will. Uh, well, it, it's like my charge, quote unquote, sort of stops when I hit the water because then I start. Then I need to start waiting uh, to get close. So it's a bit more of a ah! Wait, let me let me step carefully now because it's it's slippery and I'm wearing a lot of armor and um, I'm gonna take a swing with the uh, sun sword now. Is this undead? It is indeed. Ouch.
0: Damage could have been better, but... Yep. Okay, so the Sun Sword flares out, casting this bright radiance into the clearing, the the light of the sword, glittering off the pole as you slice it through the edge of this creature. Which is now given the background it's taking, starting to sort of flicker and becoming a little more gauzy and uh, sort of semi transparent. As you're, you're sort of preparing to deal with this creature and it's drifting, it starts drifting closer to you while obviously being the last person to strike it, its talons reaching out for you. When from beyond it, the center of the pool you hear a sort of grinding sound like stones or rocks grinding over each other and you can't really see this one because this thing's in the way but malcolm and brock you watch as three seams sort of or cracks appear on this large dark stone monolith in the center until like there's a crude sort of resemblance to a face in the monolith, and a a grinding stone-like voice emanates from the monolith that just says, PEACE NOW! At which point the, the, the maiden spirit lets out a wail and it's almost as though it's bodily pulled back into the water There's a splash as it disappears under the water and it sort of turns into like almost like a hazy, like mist-like substance, and then disperses into the body of the water until after a few moments you can't see any sign of its presence. The
3: stone. I'll point my sword at it.
1: Yeah. The talking stone is already started. It's real. So is the, is the face still there? Is yeah. it still present? I say
0: it, it's very crude. It's just like a crack for a mouth and like a couple of like indentations for eyes.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll look to the other two and say, you know, this is more witchcraft. This is the droom, surely.
0: At which point, like, as you say, this is the droom, surely. Again, the, the sort of rough stone voice echoes out and says, you should have a care when using such names. Names have power in the Dolmenwood. Might we
2: approach? Of course. Um, so... I will take my armor off, uh, tie my sword to my back, and I guess swim out to the
1: island. Uh, I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder before he does that, and I say m- maybe tie this rope around your waist. Okay. And seems the grappling hook's already out. I'll sort of, I'll ask why I'm fucking tie it yep. around him.
3: Yep.
0: I'm okay. sort of...
1: And keep hold of it and feed it out as he, if he's going across.
0: Yep, yeah, you, you secure the rope around your waist, wise precaution. Strap your sword to your back. You swim out to this small island in the centre. Now you're nearer. You can see that on the this sort of little grassy island, the stone that actually rests on what appears to be a very sort of small like dea, round dais of like crumbling sandstone, but it's quite difficult to see until you're close up because the grass has sort of overgrown it. And like I said, this large 15-foot monolith of like black stone with these fine, sort of thread-fine silver traceries irregularly running through it. And now, of course, this cracked stone face on the front of it.
2: Um, So when I get there um. I kind of want to say, like, um, uh, greetings. Thank you. We seem to have uh, upset the fair lady. Um, might we know who you are?
0: The voice says, "The that unfortunate creature drowned by accident in this pool many years ago, and her spirit lingered, but." She is a useful deterrent for those who would plunder the the resources of the Dalman wood. Um, I am Aldrun Hagral.
2: Aldrun Hegal? Yep. Okay. Hey. And what kind of resources do people plunder from the Wood?
0: There is, in all honesty, there is very little for them to take from this island. I have long ago abandoned the, the weaknesses of the flesh in pursuit of my greater duties. But there are those who would attempt to to take the stone and would interfere in what is rightfully ours. It serves our purpose to leave our sentinel in this pool, to deter idle wanderers and if it helps preserve our reputation then that is a no small side benefit.
2: Um. And... Are you of the people who created this land and moved it from
0: its original place? I am. Ah. Of course, you understand. I am not one of the. I'm not one of the self same people that performed. That most ancient of rites. They all died thousands of years ago. But I am of the same brotherhood as they.
2: Ah, okay. Now, what is your
0: purpose now? I am one of the Audrun. We guard these sacred places, these stones, these monoliths, these dolmens that give the forest its name. Okay. We guard the dolmens and the lines of force that run between them. Okay.
2: Um and do you communicate with those who have not uh, completed
0: your sacrifice? Yes, in fact, there are three of my brothers on their way here at this very moment. Ah. At
2: which point I'll make the get ready sign to the bank. Um.
0: Norm, do not misunderstand me. Normally we would have I would have allowed the the phantom to if not kill you but to deter you from further entering the clearing as soon as it rose I summoned my brother Droon, in case our deterrent should not prove sufficient but given the nature of your questioning your manner of speech and your dress, I can tell you are not of the Dolmenwood. wood. No. And I sense one of you carries an item of rare power on you. And items of rare power greatly interest my brotherhood.
2: All right, we could see why. Um, We have come in search of an item of great power Indeed, aye, an emerald sword or a green blade.
0: Aye, um, you speak of the green steel.
2: Yes, the green steel. <clears throat> know you of this
0: object? Indeed, it is one of my brotherhood's greatest achievement. The the focal point through which we channeled our great working to bring this wood to its current place to preserve it and place it beyond the reach of the cold prince
2: and why is it that you wish to be on the realm of the cold prince
0: originally as i say i was not there myself but originally it was simply a survival method we we saw what our brothers, as they once were were intending to do, and we cautioned them against it. We told them that there would be a, a reckoning, and that tampering with the natural force of things would bring a, a swift reckoning to the land that we once called home. But they would not listen, and so we made our preparations in secret to take a place and move it beyond the reach of the disaster which we foresaw. We were of course limited by how much we could save but with the aid of the green steel we were able to encompass this entire area of woodland and move it beyond reach of the the ice flows movement and the catastrophe we foresaw coming. Mm. We would have saved more were we able. But it was beyond our power. This woodland, although huge, was all that we could manage. Had we the ability to have taken the rest with us, we would have done so. But back then it was easier. The the human nobles of the time, even the, the Church of the One True God, understood the need and they worked with us but the memories of most men are short, and they have forgotten our old alliance. The nobles spend their time bickering with each other and arguing over pointless things, lines on a map, whilst chaos gnaws at the edges of the Dolman wood. And the Indeed. church keeps its secrets and is happy to maintain its hold on the poor. And the general populace of people. The old alliance is forgotten.
2: Do you think it is perhaps time. To return the Dolmenwood. To its original location.
0: Would that it was. As simple as that. The. The magics that were woven. To bring the Dolmenwood here. Were done in an age when. The Dr are at the height of their power, and we, but we sacrificed much of that power to bring this place here, and we are not those of us who now remain are diminished from what we once were. I'm not even sure we have the power to safely unbind such a working now, even if we were to wish it.
2: And mm. um, what would happen if it was unbound unsuccessfully?
0: I do not know but I predict the the result would be catastrophic for both the dolmen wood and the lands of old if we for instance if we were to simply remove the focal point without taking due care the the woodland may simply crash back into dolmen wood the the lines of force that have long been channeled into specific patterns to maintain the enchantment, would be set free to snap back like a cord to their previous positions. Such uncontrolled and untamed arcane force would be extremely hazardous, even for those of my brotherhood who know the likes of the forces that are involved. For those who do not, the result will be even more catastrophic.
2: Um, do you know where one might go to see
0: the green Steel? alas i cannot tell you that my order has strict rules about the information we can share with those not of our order uh-huh. especially in this time where the chaos the beast atanui gnaws at the northern edges of the dolmen where And much of our energy is expended, preventing the incursions of his creatures into the woodlands. It is one of the few things in which we still agree with the human nobles. Okay. And what creatures does he send to attack? Whilst Atanawe is not a god as such although it would like you to think otherwise. It is a formless, powerful creature of chaos, and those creatures that harbour chaos taint deep in their souls, it calls out to them, it draws it to their banner. You need only look at the disease-ridden corruptions of the Crookhorns that its mere presence creates. Although I have never been fond of the the beastmen, the longhorns at least have some pretense of civility. Whereas the crookhorns are little more than diseased ravagers seeking to tear down all around them as their own bodies slowly fail to their eternal corruption. Mm.
2: Um, and your brothers who come, um, do you think that they will let us pass in peace? Or do they seek to take the object of interest by violence or true violence?
0: If I command them to let you depart in peace, they will let you depart in peace. I am the senior member of our brotherhood here. Although we are much reduced the position of our drun is still respected amongst our brotherhood. The sacrifice of those of us who give our lives to protect these sacred spaces throughout the woods is respected by those who have more freedom in their wanderings. And tell me will you ask them to let us pass in peace? Of that, I have not yet decided, although I am greatly enjoying our conversation.
2: Hmm. Interesting. And tell me, um, the Aldruin are they the upper hierarchy of your brotherhood or is there a a hierarchy above that
0: there is the the head of our order that we follow and there is not a a strict hierarchy as you might mean it but we all have our roles within the brotherhood due to the sacrifices that although not all our druid have abandoned the physical as i have we have all sacrificed to protect our particular charges, and we are all bound to remain with the areas that we protect and Because of that sacrifice, we are respected by our younger brothers
2: mm. uh, and do you think your head the head of your brotherhood would treat with us?
0: It is extremely unlikely the the head of the Drune is involved with far weightier matters than forgive me for saying so uh, strangers wandering through the Dolmen world. If you if you perhaps proved your worth to the Brotherhood, that might change. But it is a rare person indeed, even amongst the Drune, who receives an audience with the head of our order.
2: Mm-hmm. How might one prove themselves to the Brotherhood?
0: It is our belief that most people throughout the lands are ill equipped to understand and to use items of power. As I've said, the memories of men are short. They use such items for petty means. We collect such items. We guard them and preserve them for when they are needed and ensure that they are not used by those who are unready for them. If you were to perhaps recover some items of power and gift them to the Druin, that might see your reputation amongst our brotherhood rise.
2: that you have a particular object in mind
0: well, there are there are some rumours that there is a to the west of here there is a a ruined abbey of the of the what the church of the one true god where we believe the druid that it is the spot where atanui first arrived in the dolmen wood Shortly after it came to this place, one of their holy men battled the the creature there using a great and powerful weapon. Although not able to defeat Atanwi, he was able to wound it, which drove the Chaos Godling to the 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 northern fringes of the Dolmenwood and caused it to... Even now it still is healing from those wounds, causing it to move slowly and at far less power than it might otherwise wield. That is why it draws creatures to itself, because it does not yet have the power to stride forth in person. Apparently this weapon, as the, the holy man lay dying from his wounds, one of his seconds took the weapon into the woods and it has since been lost. It is said by many in the woods that there are clues to the location of this weapon in the Abbey itself. My own brothers have investigated the ruins, haunted though they are, but we have been unable to find anything, but we are unfamiliar with the ways of the church. Perhaps, as outsiders, you might have better luck. I do not know if you are followers of the one true God.
2: We are not.
0: It would we follow not, all it would not, gods. It would not matter if you were, since the the one true God is no longer present. Mm. But of course, the church either knows and chooses to turn a deaf ear, or they do not. So they are either fools or they are willingly deceiving their congregation. Either way, it does not matter to the drune.
2: Indeed. Um, Do you know what kind of weapon
0: he wields? No, only that it was supposed to be a weapon of great power.
2: Okay. And how might we gift such a weapon to the drune? Should we... uh... Happen across
0: us. You could bring it here to me as I've said, I have the ability to summon my brothers. And as he says that, there is like a rustling at the edge of the clearing, and three figures wearing like brown robes with like hoods pulled down over their faces step out of the trees. And they remain with their heads bowed and their hands sort of like that clasped in front of them. They don't appear to be carrying any weapons that you can see. Okay.
2: And would such a weapon be sufficient to get us an audience with the head of your brotherhood?
0: Not on its own, but it would be a good start.
2: Okay. And what else do you think would be required?
0: Either more items of power or information that could be useful to us or if you could defeat or remove a problem to the drone. although our main focus at the minute is a Tanwi, as I've said. And I, again, I'm in a disrespect but I do not believe you have the power to to face such a creature, even in its injured state.
2: And do you know of other objects of interest? Or is this the only one that you know of?
0: That is the only one that springs to my mind. But there are many enchanted items through the the dolmen wood many that the droon have gathered to them, many that are in other hands or that have been lost to the march of time.
3: Okay.
2: So, if if we agree to visit this abbey and perhaps look for this object would that be sufficient for you to let us pass in peace or do we think violence is needed
0: if you give me your word that you will attempt to seek the item I do not believe anything is to be gained by spilling your blood in this clearing
2: yeah. or the bro the blood of your brothers which is most likely what would be spread
0: perhaps hmm
2: We will travel to the Abbey and we will see what we can find and I will make no promises beyond that.
0: Very well. At which point, seemingly not speaking to you, it says Brothers, give them a light to light them to the road south of here. Once you reach the road, Continue west for a day, and you will reach the. You will reach a human town. Two days beyond that, you will find the abbey ruins. If you continue to follow the road.
2: Okay. Well, Aldruin Hagal it was a pleasure to make your acquaintance. And we will be a better business.
0: Indeed. And as they say that one of the, the cloaked figures who's standing near to you, Brock, he holds up his hand like that on what appears to be a small ball of green fire coalesces on his hand. He sort of goes like that as he's throwing it up into the air. The, the lights, this sort of small globe of green fire seems to just, like, hover in the air. And then the the three brown-robed droon start slowly retreating back into the trees without saying a word. And the ball of fire just, like, hovers there. Yeah,
1: hey, well, I'll, I'll keep a close eye on that because, obviously, he's not trusting what that is. Um, the voice from the stone says, this light will show you to the road. did I hear this conversation from where we were yeah okay cuz brock sort of picked up on the fact that this 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 stone said that this woman unfortunately drowned in this this water and and from that flashback is that what it looked like or did it look like the water was dragging her in and sort of
0: yeah it, it looked like she drowned fairly normally you know like she, she obviously couldn't swim she sort right. of, she got in a bit Deeper than she intended, sort of slipped a bit, panicked, started thrashing around and sank.
1: Okay. It sounded at first like it was, you know, some sort of magic or something was dragging her in rather than. So it did look more natural and a bit more of an accident. Okay. All right. I was just picking up on if he's lying to us, basically. Okay. Well, I'll just I'll just guard while Malcolm's making his way back to us. Um, cool. So I'll swim back over, get my gear.
2: Um, does the light like as we walk towards the light? I'm guessing it moves and then we follow it. Is that? Yeah. Is as the trick?
0: you as you walk towards it, it sort of moves southwards and then stops. So it's always about like three or four feet ahead of you. And okay. as you as you stop it stops you move forward it moves forward maintaining the same distance
2: okay so I guess we will follow it to the road and then I guess we will head west towards prigwort um and maybe stop in town and um, have a rest have some uh food and
1: perhaps a conversation
2: about where we go from here. Um Okay.
1: How are we how are we doing on rations on the rations front?
2: Whilst we've been here, are we? I'm assuming we still have we brought loads and we have plenty. I don't know we didn't bring our ponies through, but I'm presuming we brought enough for a few days. And we picked up some in the market as well. So
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um uh, sorry Weimar, so we've gone to Prigwort, um and we are I guess about to settle down and have some food and a conversation about what's next. Um So Malcolm is inclined to go to the Abbey for the want of anything else to be doing, Um, but super sketchy about handing over strong magical objects to the Brotherhood. Um, But I don't know how else we're going to find out where the sword is, unless we potentially keep heading west and keep heading west and and poke the sun sword can sense the green blade
3: yeah i suppose sort of going about i uh, will eventually lead us to something uh, yeah the abbey might have something to and uh,
1: yeah i mean as a sun sword is it is it got any more idea since we've been at this monolith thing and where the powers may be greater and we've been talking to this thing is it worth asking the sun sword if there's any more idea of you know where this other sword might be is it helping to locate it
3: Well, i'll 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 touch the pommel and i'll i'll ask so what did what did you did you sense anything of, of significance at the uh, monolith
0: well from what it seems to me says the sword uh, it seems as though the what they're saying about the the the, the green steel being used as the uh, the focal point for this enchantment would seem to make sense I mean it seems to me as though part of the the, the power of the the green steel is being dispersed along these lines of force and that is why i'm having trouble uh, zeroing in on it you might say because i'm whatever these lines of force are i'm sensing the the power of the green steel that is within it Uh, it seems to me that that the further west we go the, the the stronger my sense of its presence is getting but it's still very difficult to tell exactly like i say it's its power has been dispersed throughout this place and is almost acting like a, a web a holding this this place where it is currently
3: so I presume this is the, the sword talking which means the Weimar's talking Yeah. yeah. so I'll <clears throat> uh, as, as the sword finishes I'll say I would be inclined to concur with, with the good sword here um, it is, it is quite apparent to me that whatever they have done to put these waylines uh, and, and imbue them with great power the land itself here is alive uh, in ways that I don't think uh, Vulconan was and I don't just mean the snow um there's a lot to be learned here from from the land uh I feel that the way lines very interesting um uh, towards the west then I would think uh taking note of any i suppose uh remarkable uh natural features would you say
2: okay or more stones or more
3: stone
0: like that more stones okay so following this this ball of green light that one of the drones summoned you follow it south till you get to this uh, this well-worn road that you've traveled previously and as it reaches the road the the light appears to fade and dwindle until it's first of all just like a small moat of green and then it vanishes and sort of about a, a de- after travelling for like a day to the west, you spot what appears to be a a town, like a, a stone wall around it, and like a sort of from the direction you're approaching down the horseside road, you can see this this sort of t- ornamental gate with a little portcullis and like turrets. It's about twice the height of a of a normal man. There's a couple of like guards standing on the gate. You can hear like the sounds of carts and like murmured conversation coming from beyond it from the like townsfolk.
2: Okay. Um So we've been travelling for a few days, so I suggest we let's find somewhere nice to stay, have a nice meal and then We can uh, head west tomorrow and and try and find this abbey. Maybe we'll see if we can find out any information about the abbey in in the town market. Yep. Yes. So I'll approach the garden to say, you know, just passing through. Can you recommend an inn that would be suitable for the five of us and our... uh, Pets.
0: He says, "Oh well, you're in luck, there, stranger." He says, "This is the town of Prigwort, home of the the council of local brewmasters." Ah. He says, "Oh, you find you find many a tavern and a fine brew in Prigwart, So,
2: ah, and can you recommend somewhere to stay?
0: He says, "Oh well, my personal favourite is a uh, although." <laughs> It's a, it's a bit of an acquired taste. My personal favourite is called the Oaf and the Oast. It, oh. It's it's and You can get a nice bath there as well. the the landlord's a bit of the character, but you know it's a nice enough place. Keeps a clean oh. keeps a clean shop. Okay, and can you maybe give us directions? Oh yeah, of course, uh, not a problem. He says, right? If you just if you had down the main thoroughfare through the town here, take the take the street to your right. Keep following that until you get to the the, the market square, the, the town halls near there. Once you've reached that, sort of carry on past that, going in the same direction. And you'll pass three buildings, and the third one you get to, that's the Oaf in the Oast.
2: Okay. Cool. Um and while I have you, um, is there anyone in town who might be able to give us some information about uh, an abbey to the west of here? Anyone who might have visited it or we've heard it's haunted.
0: He says, "Oh, well, um, abbey. He says, well, I expect you. are uh, I expect you i am not really. Obviously, I'm. I'm of the faith, but you know, I'm not really into. Into it heavily like some people are. If you, if you know what I mean. I don't mean no disrespect, sir. He a but uh, if you're looking for that, it says, well the best place to uh, best place to it will probably be the the, the Church of Saint Whalen. You you can't miss it as you go through the, as you go through the gate here. Look immediately to your left. It's the biggest building. You literally cannot. In fact, you see those like towers coming up over there. That's it.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Um. Yeah, if you probably ask, if you ask there, you'll probably have to tell you something about it. Um, the old uh R- Reverend Mother Smunk might be able to tell you a bit about that. Uh, okay. she's, she's a bit of an odd, odd sort, but um, you know, pr- pretty much everyone visits the church, even the in the older uh, brewmasters, you know, hoping to get a, a bit of a blessing and get their prayers in and whatnot. So, yeah, no I mean, she, she's well, oh god, she's been here since I, since I was a lad. If anyone knows anything about uh, some old like ruins, it'll be her. Okay. Um and, and then tell me, is there anything
2: of interest in the town that we might want to check out as strangers
0: in your land? He says, Wow, that, that depends what you're looking for, sir. Uh,
2: good question. Um I am interested in in very fine equipment. Uh, for the likely sort, um, and perhaps some likely lads should there be likely lads who might be in the market for work?
0: He says, "Right, well, I, I don't know about likely lads, sir, but uh, if if you're looking in, if you're looking for something in the way of like garments and that, there is a there's a brandy Biles, the uh the tailor—he's he's pretty well known throughout these parts. Uh, makes some, even makes stuff that goes to a uh, to Lord Brackenwolder, as he likes to tell everybody.
2: Ah. yeah.
0: He says, "Well, if you're uh, if you're after something uh, a little bit more in a decorative vein, then there's the there's the Sea of Stars, which is uh, a a that's uh, got a very good reputation. If you're looking for something a bit fancier." Of stars, yeah. yeah well, obviously we've got a we've got a, a herbalist. Uh, there's old uh, there's old Bag Manor, uh, but um, the, the droogs don't really get out very much, uh, you know. <laughs> they're, they're an odd sort. Uh, if you're looking for a bit of local colour, though, sir, so, uh, you might want to uh, you might want to check out the the Bag Wall just to the north of here.
2: Okay. That sounds interesting, what
0: is that? He says, Well wow. he says the the way I it's it, it's a bit of a, a bit of a local superstition, so to to be honest with you. Nothing's really meant to be just a, a, a local bit of fun. But the way I, if if you ask a, if you ask five different people in Prigwart what the story is, you'll get six different versions. But the way I hear it is like centuries ago there was this noble a bit sort of like strange in the way nobles are you know and uh uh, we and in the tales he's called lord bagging hand well i dare say that's not what his real name was Uh, and he had a mind to build a manor on the outskirts of prigwald back in the day now there was one (laughs) catch and i'm sure this isn't true but this is how the tale goes apparently he was mortally afraid of some legends say it was like squirrels some legends say it was badgers, some say it was fairies. It varies depending on who you ask. Which, according to legend, used to like frequent the region, although I've never seen anything like that. Anyway, undeterred, he arranged for this construction of a wall to be built round the side to the manor with all these like mirrors affixed to the outer side, because for some reason he thought that would like repel whatever these creatures were. Well, after a year of work on it, like they'd literally just got the wall done, they hadn't even started on the mansion yet all the builders just upped and left and they said that the lord had just vanished like that and no more was heard of him some people think he died of the plague some people think he was carried off by whatever creatures he was scared of some people think he was like a the lord never existed he was just like a spirit in disguise playing a prank no one really knows but well all all that's left of him to be honest sir is a of his legacy is this like little stretch of wall. That's like built around nothing really. It, I suppose you might call it a folly, sir, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it's a little bit, of, a little bit of local color. You know, we occasionally the, uh, the guild of Brewmasters they'll like hold a meeting there, you know, just for, for, for appearances sake, or they'll be like, a, they'll be like a town meeting and they'll hold it there instead of the town hall. If the weather's good, but like I say, just a bit, just a bit of local color. So it's a bit of local legend, I've never seen anything strange there. It's just like a bit bit of wall to me, but well, it's a fun little story to tell people, isn't it? And yeah, no, absolutely. As is the way with these things, like I say, you ask you ask different people, they'll tell you different versions of it and different variations, but that, that's the gist of it, sir. Ah. Well, thank you very much. Oh, you're
2: welcome, and sir. And I will toss him a gold coin. And... He catches it and he's like, oh, thank you, sir. Much obliged. I guess we should head for the
1: church unless anyone wants to do something else oh, i mean it seems a good place to start certainly
0: As you sort of start to walk off this the same god says oh and by the way sir if you're uh if you are stopping and staying in our our lovely town for a bit uh, i'd advise you to try some of the, the the sort of specialist like local brews some of our more popular ones we we export to like brackenwald and other places around the dorm and wood but um some of the more specialist ones, you know, that are more difficult to transport. Why well, you can only really get them in Prigwater and in the, the taverns locally. And, well, it, it's what we're known for, basically. So, you know, well, one of them, one of the things anyway.
2: Oh. We'll definitely try out a few as we go.
0: Well, I hope you have a good stay, you and you and your companions, sir. Thank you very much. A good day to you, good travelling.
2: And to you. Cool. So, I think... We want to head for the church and I guess we'll knock on the door or open the door and walk in, depending on what kind of church it is.
0: Okay, that is not a problem at all. So you make your way through the the turret gate. And indeed, on your left, as you enter, you see this large, almost gothic-looking stone church. That Next to it, there is a, a small sort of inner wall. That's sort of like built on to the, the main town wall. There's like a little wrought iron gate. And beyond that, you can see like a, a sort of like remembrance garden with a little path running through it. There's lots of gravestones for townsfolk with like neatly trimmed hedgerows and sort of freshly mown grass, uh, a few flowers dotted around. It all looks very pleasant and very well kept. And in fact, you can see a couple of people wearing sort of like just, you know, standard like hard wearing like working gear sort of moving around, you know, like trimming the grass down, like caring for the graves, like pruning the plants and stuff like that. The the church itself, it's a a rambling structure that's obviously, as you look at it, been sort of added on to a number of times over the years. Like each time the the town's got bigger and the congregations got bigger, presumably, they've just like built an extra bit on the church. So it looks a little bit higgledy piggledy now they've uh, Now that you sort of come to look at it, but uh, you see lots of people sort of going in and out of the church. There are there's hymn singing. Obviously, you don't recognize the particular hymns, but there's hymn singing coming out. There's people going in and out. You can see a number of, you presume, sort of like clergy, friars, nuns, etc. Dressed in their various sort of robes of office, if you'd call it that, sort of moving around.
2: Okay. Um, and is there one who obviously looks like they're in charge or seems to be in charge or
0: not that you can see at the minute most of the people who are coming out there that there's there's like basically like a couple of nuns sort of stood on the door and as people are coming out like they're just saying to the nuns like oh it was it was a good service today thank you very much and the nuns are like oh oh well th- thank you very much and, you know they're, like taking like little contributions off them and stuff like that and then they're, they're sort of saying oh the 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 one true God bless you my child Uh, go go with the blessings of the one true God Uh, enjoy the rest of your this this beautiful day that that we've been given and just general sort of stuff like that people are going about the visit you can't see anyone who obviously by their sort of dress is marked out as being particularly in charge and what did the guard say the head priest's name was was it okay the the guard said it was Reverend Mother Smunk S-M-U-N-K
2: um so i'd like to kind of you know when there's a, a moment of of peace mm-hmm. approach one of the nuns and just explain that we are <clears throat> newly arrived in town um and we are seeking an audience with the reverend mother smoke
0: okay so you you walk up to one of the nuns after she's just like say goodbye to some people she she turns around to him and says oh good g- good morning to you sir uh, a blessed day that the one true God has given us this day.
2: Yes, a fine day indeed.
0: Um, and t- tell me, sir, have you heard the word of the one true God?
2: I have not. Um, uh, but alas, my my needs are a little bit more pressing than that. Um,
0: oh, sir, surely. And she says like, in mock surprise, she's like, oh, sir, surely you cannot mean there is something more more important than the the salvation of your very soul sir
2: I do not think your one true God can salvage my soul
0: at which point she with a genuine sort of like display of affection she sort of like very gently takes one of your hands in hers and she said and in a sudden earnestness coming over her voice says sir there are no sins that cannot be forgiven by the grace of the one true God all that is necessary is the desire to be saved for, for the one true god sees the light in all of us
2: mm-hmm. it is my desire to be saved by another um...
0: she says well if you obviously like misunderstanding what you meant she says well if you'd if you'd like i can understand it I, i'm only a, a junior member of the clergy of course uh, if you wish to if you believe that your particular case requires somewhat of more seniority, of course, we, we will do all we can to, to help you.
2: Uh, yes, perhaps the Reverend Mother Smunk might assist me for a moment or two.
0: Uh, yes, yes, of course. She's, uh, she's inside with the uh, with the children. Um, p- please, please follow me. She's not sort of leading you into the church. While this conversation is going on, what are Brock and uh, the the wheelmaster up to?
3: Uh-oh. Uh oh. Uh, why more puts his disguise back on?
0: That's it, they call him Max. He's been talking to the cartwheels all the way along, again. yeah,
3: <laughs> spinning along with them. Um, I suppose I'd be inside, sort of flanking Malcolm, checking the place out. Uh, rather curious because uh correct me if i'm wrong but we've not really heard of these saints that they have here no the, this the, one or the other one
0: <laughs> no the, the the names of them don't really mean anything to you to be perfectly honest
3: yeah. so just very intrigued by like what what's this about um looking around the well the facilities i guess uh okay. sort of being a being a
1: shadow to malcolm
0: okay no problem at all. And what about uh, Brock and Lan?
1: What are they up to? Um, yeah, I mean we're we're in with the group. Um, I'm actually finding it quite amusing the talk of you know these these uh, these beings that are going to save them from all these issues that, that brock has got no no belief of. Um, you know he's 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 definitely a man of steel and you know if he can't solve it then. No one else is going to help him. So he's finding it quite amusing. He's he's just uh, listening in. And he knows that Malcolm's obviously got different beliefs. So he's finding the uh, the sort of conflict of beliefs quite amusing. So he's, he's taking the opportunity to lighten the mood a bit and soak it in.
0: Okay. So you all had in, led by this junior nun. As she leads you in, she it's the fairly standard church layout you know pews uh, central aisle etc altar at the end uh, sort of small like, basin with water in it an area for a priest to stand and deliver sermons etc yeah, there's probably like a, a church organ to one side which isn't being played at the minute presumably only played when there's hymns being sang which aren't at the minute you heard some when you came in but they've obviously finished the service people are starting to sort of drift out and as you're all led in you see a a fairly sort of old woman wearing like a nun's habit. There's a a crowd of young children gathered around. They're all sort of like excitedly talking all at once to her, and she's sort of like good naturedly. So you see,ing it's a lot on profile, like from the side, and she's like talking. She's she's like she's like oh, very very well. Oh, you you you're too much for an old woman like me, children. Calm yourself down. And she's basically. Like, Giving them a few sweets pretty much and sort of saying like, Oh yes, you yeah, yes, dear, you were very good during the service. Uh, yes, you've got a wonderful singing voice to another and like, making general chit-chat to these children. And as the various worshippers are sort of like filing out, occasionally you see like one of the the townsfolk will sort of like go up and like, collect their child effectively and like take them away, and they'll be like, Oh we're uh, Old oh, Reverend Mother, I, I I do hope her Samantha wasn't any, wasn't any trouble. And she's like, oh, no trouble at all. She was a, she was a little angel. Uh, you, you take care now, and they like go on their way, etc. And um, sorry, like the, these children are sort of like drifting off with their parents. As the the children drift off, the the old woman, the Reverend Mother, sort of turns around and she sits down on one of the pews, looking a little bit tired and out, obviously she's been dealing with these kids all the way through the service. And as she turns around, so you can see her whole face, you notice something a little bit odd about her. You can't quite place it at first, but as you get closer to her, you can see that one of her eyes is perfectly normal. However, the other is strange. It's like an orange colour and it appears to have like a, a black rectangular pupil in it, almost like you might see on a goat or a creature of that sort of nature. But aside from that, she looks perfectly normal, just like an, o- an old woman. And you see, she's obviously sat down, she's looking a bit worn out, but she's she's smiling, she's she's looking around like she's at peace with everything that's going on.
2: And the nun who was bringing us in has left, has she?
0: Yeah, she, she basically sort of gestured at the woman and said, oh, that's the Reverend Mother there. I, I, I don't want to impinge on your... Uh, your talk. I'll leave you to your business, and then she sort of made us scarce.
2: Okay, so I will approach the the reverend and and I guess indicate the seat beside her and ask, her, "Is it okay if I sit down?"
0: She says, "Oh, oh yes, dearie. I'm just, I'm just resting my old bones for a spell. You, you mm-hmm. have a sit. There's plenty of room on this bench. You have a sit down there." Yeah.
2: Um, the nun said that you might be able to assist me with some, um queries
0: i have she says well, well <laughs> i have been around here a, a long time i think the only thing older than me is probably the church with saturn and she she <laughs> chuckles to herself and then she says uh, so oh well, w- w- would you like a sweet dearie and she like basically, no she, she takes out what looks like, like hard candies and like a hand out of like a pocket and like holds them out
1: well, what, what, what no. about
0: your what about your friends and she like holds them out to the rest of you Um, hi I'll, yes I love the look on Brock's face like he's like I'll have none of your devil candy <laughs> mm. <laughs> your nah. enchanted candy of death
1: nah i will turn, turn candy, that
0: down it so, so do you say you were going to take one more, or more? Uh,
3: well, I'll I'll sort of like you know step forward the candy is it
0: oh, oh yes it's a it's, it's a peppermint and she's and it's basically just like a very simple like sugar candy with yeah. like some mint flavour in it yeah and she, you, you take one, and you eat it. It's just yeah. a, a, a simple candy. She says, uh, she says oh, "I always keep a few of them on me for the, uh, for the for the children, you know, when they, uh, or when they come to the services." Anyway, now, now, um, well, well, she turns back to Malcolm. No, no, obviously you're going to ask me, dearie.
2: Um I, I must travel west here oh,
0: to yeah, the ruined abbey. Oh, the the, the the Abbey of Saint Cledew.
2: Yeah. Um I'm wondering if you might have any information about the abbey.
0: She says oh, well yes, I uh, I, I I know a fair bit about it. Uh, you know, I I I've, I've not been that way for for quite some time myself, but uh, I I have travelled past it on occasion you do hear all these uh, all these tales about it being haunted and such like, you know.
2: Mm, indeed um do you know how long it has been abandoned
0: it Says oh oh many years many years it says yes yeah, sir it's uh, it's quite well known oh cuz it's uh, it it's the site where uh, st Cluid, uh died oh yes yeah, sir so they 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 say i mean this is this is back in the the old days of the Dolmen Ward, uh, when when the first settlers here, uh, before before Prickwater even existed as a town, when the, when the, the, the first people were, were starting to make their way into the woods and really really settle in our our new home, uh, they say that uh, a a great a great beast in the in the legends they call it the the eight legged black unicorn uh, appeared. And Saint Cluaid, be, being a brave man, he he man he battled the beast, giving his his fellow friars and monks time to escape from the the abbey. And when they they dared to return some time later, they found Saint Cluaid covered in horrible wounds, lying almost near death. He told them that he had. That he had wounded the creature in turn, but his time in this world was coming to an end. He, he pressed his, he pressed his magical sword into the hand of one of his most trusted priests, and told him to, told him to take it from the abbey. He didn't believe it was right it should remain in a, a place that was so. So stained with the blood of such an evil creature. And the bodies of many of his monks who had not been able to flee the abbey lay about him, apparently slain by the beast. And with the as his his trusted confidence swore that he would take the he would take the sword to a place of safety, it is said in the legends that St. Cluid smiled, being at peace with what he had done, and breathed his last.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you know the name of his favourite who took the sword?
0: Alas, no, I'm afraid not. Uh, <laughs> it's it, the, the, the abbey, I mean, it's a little more than ruins now. It's, it's not been occupied for some time. It was said that after the... It was thought at the time that the, the presence of such a creature and all the, the death that had occurred there had sort of tainted the place and the the church chose not to attempt to restore it, reassigning the various priests and friars to to other abbeys and churches around the Dolman Wood, and the the abbey itself was left there as a uh, as a monument to that battle. The, the legends say if you if you go there at night, you can still hear the the shades of those monks and those priests who were who were slain by the creature, wandering the hallways.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, and do you believe that it is truly haunted? He
0: says, well, I've, I, I'm, a, I'm a little old for travelling now. I, d- I don't really leave prigwort much, but uh, after all, the... the there's enough here to keep me busy, but the I, I've in my youth I, I traveled more in the Dolmen Wood, and I've seen some I've seen some very strange things. I I can't say for definite, theory, but uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if there's at least some truth in it. After all, there's no smoke without fire, so they say.
2: Indeed, indeed. Is there anyone you know who has been there more recently?
0: have most people give it a give it a wide berthed area and you'll be hard pressed to find and a number of people travel past it but venturing within the in the ruins of the abbey itself I, I I wouldn't think so I can't see any person of the faith wanting to, to travel in there particularly after the, the the church said that the place was somewhat tainted by the presence of this this beast that St. Mm. Cluid fought okay
2: well thank you very much for your time and I will lead you to your,
0: your oh, t- not not at all dear not at all It's a, it's, it's nice to rest the old bones and uh, to talk to some new faces don't get me wrong I, I I dearly love all the people of Prigwater, especially the children there they're they're simply darling but the it, it's nice to see some new folk and uh, get get some new news
2: indeed well we'll Leave you to
0: your day, it will be a better business. Well, uh, have a pleasant day and uh, may, the, may the light of the one true God smile down on you.
2: That seems unlikely, but who knows?
0: Well, often light is found in the most unlikely place, dearie. After all, when you're in your darkest, that's when you most need it.
2: Mm-hmm. And Malcolm will just kind of start walking away, not really willing to engage with.
0: That's fine. I'll
3: I'll stay. <laughs> okay. And um, I'll, I'll sort of step forward and um, say. So. Um, we have been here, but for a moment. But um, what was it? The, the, the Saint, Wayland. Oh Waylon? The, the, the Church of Saint Wayland. Yes, yes. Um, it is as if the saint is talking to me directly as I stand here within these walls and I, I just wondered whether that was a common occurrence or
0: she says I, I wouldn't say common deary, but well the 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 voice of the one true God and his that the people that he sent to guide the faithful on the path that we call saints. Speak to different people in different ways. For some it may simply be a feeling. Or a sense of peace. For others. They may hear the voice of the saints. There have been people who claim to hear. Hear the voice of the one true God. In the the rustling of the leaves in the trees. Or the the wind whistling through the woods. Or to even glimpse it. In the, the rays of sun. Shining off the dew. Of the morning grass. Say even though the
3: it is as if with each step that echoes as we move here um i i hear the words but it is very difficult to make sense of them is there a pray tell what are some of the shall we say attributes of of the saint do you do you know could you, could you tell for i do not recognize this saint from my travels
0: yes of course i'm i'm more than happy to talk to you about that dearie let me tell you about st wayland and i'm going to suggest we have a short bathroom (laughs) break there because that'll give me time to look that up and Mm -hmm. also to use the facilities so we'll be back in should we say five minutes guys yeah Yeah. cool okay five Okay, so Reverend Mother Smunk looks at Weimar and she says, uh, "Of course, a uh, waylaying of the, the sack to give him his uh, his full title." Uh, now this may sound a bit odd, and then she sort of like gently touches you on the shoulder. She, she's obviously quite frail; you can tell about it, which says She uh, says, if, "If you look around there on the walls, uh, you see those uh, those axes hung up there on the walls, and those two crossed over there." Well, that's because um St. Whalen is the the patron saint of executioners and axe grinders, but also the saint of mercy of those in power. Now, according to the, the tales before he was canonized by the church, Whalen was accused of treason against the, the crown and of evading the king's taxes. Weyland, who was, he was then a a, fairly, a a vicar of little repute or reputation. He was, a, he was imprisoned, and he was due to be executed by beheading. However, when he was taken out before the jeering crowds, taken up to the block, his head placed upon the stone, the executioner, his muscles straining with his mighty axe, looked down upon him and lifted the axe, ready to strike. But as he his gaze fell on the the calm, peaceful face of Whalen, ready to accept his fate. He found that he could not make his his hands and his arms lower the axe to administer the killing stroke. Of course, at first they thought that it was a simple failing on behalf of the executioner, so his second tried it, and then his assistant, and each of them as they saw the, the calm, accepting, peaceful face of Whalen was unable to bring themselves to administer the Killing Stroke. After that, Waylon was pardoned by the Lord who believed that he must truly be blessed by the One True God to be so at peace that not even his hardened and experienced executioners could bring themselves to deprive the world of such a man. And he went on to perform a number of miraculous activities so that when he did eventually pass from this world many years later, he was canonized by the church as the patron saint of executioners and merciful lords. And given that our it's said in the legends, I don't know how true this is, but that his execution was to take place in this area when the many, many years ago, now before when when I before even I was a girl, when the the church was originally built here, it was dedicated to Saint Waylon. Hence the the axes and the various decorations you can see around here. And although I can't say I approve of depriving people of their lives. Uh, obviously it is a job that has to be done sometimes. And when it is necessary the the, the king's headsmen will make. I suppose almost you might call it a, a pilgrimage to, to come to this church. To, to have their axes and to have themselves blessed in the unpleasant work they unfortunately have to do. But I like to think it's a it's the one true God's way of reminding us that even even people who might be despised by others for what they do, they still have a place in the in the grand scheme of things. I
3: nod along the story and as uh, she finishes as I Yes, it sounds like there's. A, it is a story with many faces.
0: Oh, indeed. Now, uh, now, as for Saint Cluid the uh, the, the saint of the uh, the abbey that your friend was talking about, or, or I suppose I should call him Saint Cluid the Refulgent, to give him his uh, his uh, full title. Well, uh, he he's the perhaps due to the incident we've talked about. He's the the patron saint of repentance and devil slayers but also the patron saint of goldsmiths and of judges he's chief amongst all the saints of of the Dolmenwood the the number of miraculous things he is supposed to have performed um, up to and including the the battle with the the great dreaded black unicorn led to him being raised high in the In the pantheon of saints throughout Dormanwood.
3: a very worthy individual to have been uplifted. So,
0: indeed, and I mean some of the some of the people around this area, that they they simply know him as the judge.
3: Uh, No doubt, close associates of the axe grinder.
0: Well, yes, yes. Although I don't know that they ever actually met in, in real life. But yes, their, their interests as saints for their worship would do intersect.
3: Well, in in matters divine, who are we to say what is real?
0: <laughs> Quite right, it's uh, it's not. I mean, although I, although I think maybe out of respect for my age, uh, they have given me the title of reverend, the mother here. I sometimes think that the the more you, the more you find out. All it does is let you know how little you really know i mean i i've been i've been in this world for for over 30 years now and I, i'm still surprised every day by things that i didn't know or i thought i knew and that i knew wrong it's why i it's why i enjoy spending time with the with the children and you just just generally in some sort of vague area of the door with the children they have they have such wonderful ideas and they're they're not yet weighed down by all of the cares that we accumulate, like chains, as we as we go through this life. Uh, and it sometimes makes me feel young again to to listen to how they can get excited over the simplest of things, things that we might take for granted.
3: Truly, and speaking of, may I have another?
0: Oh, oh, yes, yes, of course. And she takes out okay. one of the little like can- yeah. mint candies and offers it to you.
3: Oh, so I, I, I thank you for for your time. Uh, now, I, I, I do believe that is the the saint calling. As mm-hmm. I just <laughs> pop it in my mouth and I, start turning. Not
0: at all. And uh, as, you, as you're about to go, she like gently puts a hand on your leg. She still sat down, obviously, and she says, uh, yes, it's a, uh, it's odd, Vera. Uh, you forgive an old woman a foolishness, but that th- there is something about you I can't." Can't quite put my finger on it.
3: Oh, I um, and I, (laughs) um, it's. I suppose it's the armor. It it is fairly new. It wasn't fitted for me, so perhaps it it fits
0: ill. And no, 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 it's, it's not that. Uh, That's. I've spent a long time in this church, and I, I like thinking over the years I've. I've got something of a of a sense for the spiritual, you might say, and when I look at you, well, this there, again, pretty an old woman's foolishness, but there's, there's definitely something about you. It's a so when when you, alone of all your companions, you you asked me about the saints. It did not surprise me that you were the one who asked, even though. There is no reason, I have no foreknowledge of you before this, we've never met before to the best of my knowledge, but it did not surprise me that you out of all your companions was the one to ask about the saints. Perhaps you have more faith than you think, dearie. Yes quite right.
3: Uh, it is. Uh, shall we say I have had several revelations in the past few hours? Um, thank you for your, for your kind words and the no, wisdom.
0: No, not at all, dearie. Would, would, would you would you like another one for the road, in shop? Would you like another another one of these candies? Well, D- don't eat don't eat them all at once. Mind it won't do your teeth any good. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I'll I'll take one for the road. And,
0: she smiles at us uh, as well. Um, may, the, may the light of the one true god see you safe with your destination, dear Rhea. Good
3: I'll, I'll depart, sort of going past parts of the structure. This is like corner columns and, and whatnot, just putting a hand on them. Just like, sort of whispering to myself as I make my slow exit after Malcolm. <coughs>
0: okay roll me a d6 as you're heading out 2 okay as you as you're heading out of the church you you're, like you see you're glancing around at the decorations you're eating yeah, your candy and whatever uh, you see what appears to be a a statue of three hooded figures they're sort of They've got their heads down, as you sort of like peek under the hoods, so there's no like features there, they're just sort of like hooded figures, and you can see that each of them is sort of like standing back to back in like a triangular formation, and as you as you move around you see that each of the figures has their hands like that, and they're resting on the pommels like a stone carved sword, and as you look around them you see that one of the, the carved stone swords bears a striking resemblance to the blade that you yourself carry.
3: so uh the eyes go wide uh but i i, I
1: just
0: commit this to memory yeah and anyone uh, who anyone who sees you will just yeah. assume you're like oh my god this statue no one thinks anything <laughs> of it
1: mm-hmm.
3: and that that will get brought up
0: <laughs> once we're somewhere a bit more private yeah no problem so you leave you join your companions outside
1: just before we go john yeah sorry i was listening into this conversation with weimar did this old old lady say that she'd been a been around for 30 years
0: yeah
1: i let that go by because weimar is (laughs) off
3: his rocker right now
1: so i'm just as weimar walks off he's gonna curiously say to her uh did you say you've lived for 30 years?
0: Yes, that's right, dearie. Or
1: thereabouts. And if if I was looking at someone, you know, back from outside of Diamondwood, how old do I think she looks?
0: She, to, to use sort of like modern sort of phrase, she, she does look like someone in her 30s. Like now, it's difficult for you to say exactly because like, Ice walkers don't tend to live to, like, 30 years old. So right. you've, you've probably never seen a 30-year-old person. But she looks older than, like, anyone you've seen in the like the ice walker tribes.
1: So when we say old, we don't mean grey hair and...
0: She, she, she's she got a, a little bit of grey hair. She's got, like, a few, like, wrinkles, but she's not, like... She's not like geriatric, but she does look quite old. She, like, her face is sort of, like, quite well-weathered, you know. Like, say, she's she's obviously as she said traveled a lot in her youth uh she looks like she's she's sort of slow she's sort of slowing down a little bit in, in her life
1: so how old i mean uh, how long is a year then in in this this world then in comparison to like real real life
0: but pretty pretty similar to the the real world
1: so our average life is quite short and but people do actually look old even though yeah. they're sort of dying young.
0: Yeah. I mean In our terms. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I mean for, for the oh. ice walkers, it's mainly because, like you live lives in like terribly harsh conditions and you hunt incredibly dangerous beasts as so like an everyday thing. So like people in the ice walkers like they don't tend to die of old age, you know, like, either like the cold gets them, like a natural disaster gets them, some beast like gores them and they die of their injuries. Yeah, the, the tribes fighting each other people die in that way so and now there are elders amongst the ice walkers like so there may be some ice walkers who've made it to like 30 or maybe even beyond but it's like mm. very rare
1: yeah, yeah no no i was just checking that there weren't some like i was saying before some sort of time difference and she's like she looks like she's 90 but she's actually 30 and yeah
0: she she looks she looks appropriate to her age as we oh, okay. understand. okay. All right, that's all so right. If no. there is, if there is some sort of time difference it's not reflected on her features.
1: Okay. No I was misunderstanding then. Okay. Yep, I I shall uh, I shall uh, just travel out then and meet up with the rest.
0: Yep, you meet up outside that's absolutely fine.
3: What do you want to do? I seem to have become a conduit to the local saint. I say as I
0: <laughs> reach Malcolm. Yeah, w- w- why more? Says to seem like a really matter of fact way. Like you might be like, oh, the wind's getting up. <laughs>
2: uh, perhaps it will pass in a number of days, not greater than perhaps 10.
3: those days may be <laughs> numbered nine
0: <laughs> because we have travelled one. No. Um... As as you say that, and they're they're sort of talking and laughing about that, Brock. You happen to notice that, like in like Weimar's scabbard, where he keeps his like sun sword, there's like a very faint, almost imperceptible like. You only notice it because you're like on the guard for like magic at all times. You notice there seems to be like a very faint sort of like glow, and obviously just a bit of like the light sort of like coming out over the scabbard.
1: Yeah, I was gonna actually say that. Are you sure it's, it's not that, that strange communication that with you, with that sword of yours? I mean, look at it. It's like it's shining even now.
0: Yeah, you look oh. down and you can see a little, like, faint glow, although most of the sword's in the scabbard. Wow.
1: So. Oh.
3: I'll um, uh, sort of dig into my armor a bit. I'll take, um, uh, like, a one of the soft under layers and like pop it out a bit and sort of like stretch it over the (laughs) the handle so that it doesn't you know shine like for all the world to see and um i hadn't noticed that that is remarkable a further sign perhaps uh the the, um uh the, the the wise lady back there um did mentioned that i was uh, i had a, a something of the holy about me which is not something that has been really something i've associated with myself but it is it is clear coming clear to me now as we stride here on these streets
1: i think we can all agree this place is rife with magic
0: at which point why am i in a voice that's obviously not his own so it's <laughs> Well personally I think it's just that I'm having a good influence on you.
3: Yes, yes. And and the Saints as well. Um I would like to go and have a beverage.
1: Well that's that's the best suggestion anyone's had today.
3: <laughs>
1: you know, like talking of this magic
3: (laughs) let us go and commune with the
0: spirits (laughs) okay so you make your way across town you pass through the market square which is your standard sort of town market square there's a bit of trading going on there etc you continue down the what appears to be the main thoroughfare following the directions you were given earlier and eventually, you arrive at the oaf in the oast, and we're probably—it's by by this sort of time, it's probably about eleven in the morning—as you arrive at the oaf in the oast. It's it's an old oast house, as the name suggests, that's been converted into a tavern, and it is absolutely like heaving with people. It's busy. AF, yeah, yeah. even though it's like, I and mean, perhaps they come up with a lunchtime rush, who knows? But it's heaving with people. You can see there's a, a creaking wooden sign out the front, which appears to show a a sort of slightly misshapen, like hunched backed man on the sign. And it's obviously got the oath in the oast in that calligraphy to writing underneath it. You can see some sort of various people moving around, like serving people. People sat sat down, chatting, etc. And you can see a a sort of large, like barrel-chested man who like, again, looks like he's getting on a bit. Probably like early 40s. He's uh He's sort of shouting around the room. He sees like a couple of sort of like quite sort of like strong looking women who are sort of like obviously the main barmaids, they're like serving people, carry around platters with like tankards and food and stuff like that and he's like, uh, you, "His barrel chest man he's like, got her, got her got her, Ta- table number four bro. and he like, shouts to be heard over the hubbub of people talking and you see her sort of like nod and hold the hand up and she like drifts over in that direction as you're, as you're walking in, you do notice while you walk in that just on the inside, you don't know where in a house you might see like Welcome to our happy home or some sort of mm-hmm. twee sentiment written on a sign. There's like a little laugh, wooden, love? Yeah, that sort of thing. There's like a little like wooden placard like nailed up just on the in like the inner door and it just says mm-hmm. no fancy folk.
3: Ah uh, we have we have come among the common
0: folks. This is this is good. And indeed that's how it looks the as you look around, like most of the PBC look like your normal sort of townstone, like your dukes, your nobles, they're like working people, it's like a working man's tavern. You can see it as you sort of look through, and it's a fairly expansive room, you see doors coming off, which perhaps lead to like rooms for rent and stuff like that. You can also see at the back is like a large double wooden door, and there's a, again, there's like one of these wooden placards over it, and it just says in like slightly cruder writing, it says bathhouse, What do you do? You're having to sort of like shout a little bit to make yourself heard, even between each other, because there's loads of people who are like getting a bit soused and they're like shouting to each other and laughing. There's people playing cards, stuff like that.
1: Seems a good place to get a hearty meal and some, some ale of some sort.
3: Yep, no. I, I think we is rest and recuperation, and then perhaps plotting.
0: Indeed.
1: Maybe see if any of the locals are up for a bit of rough and tumble. Okay, <laughs> so you're you making fighting your way in? in the
0: back By, by the time, done. <laughs> <Yeah. Pakistan. Yeah. laughs> so you're making your way in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah definitely okay, Yeah. no problem, you head inside, I'd say the hubbub of conversation rises to envelop you as you walk in, one of these sort of and but like pretty like ripped and muscular looking women like, I mean, I'm not saying they're muscular, but like they look like, like a bench press Brock they're like, pretty tough looking, one of them sort of looks at you and says, oh, fuck We're a bit busy at the minute, but just like find yourself a table and uh, we'll be over shortly and we'll take your order. You look around eventually, you can find like a a table that's not too crowded. Again, there's still like the loud hubbub of conversation as people are just like shouting at each other between tables and laughing and joking and stuff like that. There's a bit of a lull in the conversation as you walk in, as obviously everyone's like, oh, who's that? is that coming in like oh we don't recognize these folk. but quickly as you walk in and you like start setting yourselves down the conversation rises back up and people just carry on about their business mm-hmm. after a few moments one of these uh, women walks over to you and it's not the same woman who pointed to the, uh, the table it's uh, the other woman she walks over and says uh, oh I'm a I'm blessy what can I get for you Uh, whatever is good
3: to drink, and wh- what do you have to eat?
0: She says, "Oh well, it's not what we've got, sir. It's a, it's how deep your pocket book is. That's more, that's more the point, sir."
3: I'll glance at Malcolm. Hey,
0: are you What's looking like... for a room, sir, at all?
3: Yes, a room and board for
0: five. <clears throat> she says, "Wow, if you're looking for if you're looking for a." If you're looking for a Shared room and we've only got two bed rooms with two beds in. Um, but they'll cost you four silver crowns a night. Um,
2: have you got nicer
0: rooms? He says well, we, we, we've got private rooms, sir. I mean, there's, there's only half a dozen of them. Although I think most of them are free at the minute. But they're like they're one-person rooms only. But uh, they're they're eight silver crowns a night, sir. But they're, they're a lot okay. more private. They're at the far end of the building, so you know people in there aren't bothered by the noise and what like. Yeah. Four of them. Please. She does well, right right you are, sir. And she sort of like uh, obviously takes the money off you like say it's eight silver pieces per room. And they says uh, if you want to uh if you want to have a bath uh, brought into your uh, your private room, so that'd be another uh four silver crowns on top of that. Yeah, I can stop. Yep, so she takes another four crowns per room and she says, uh, all right, um uh, if you want to just uh, hang around here uh, we'll have yourself some drinks, have something to eat. Uh, I'll arrange for the uh, the baths to be brought into your room. If you just uh, give us a shout, uh, give us a shout like an hour or two before you're like, planning on taking your bath and we'll make sure the hot water's put in there and all nicely heated for you and everything. Perfect. At which point she she sort of looks in the direction of this bigger uh, barrel-chested man. And I presume, let like you say, you've got five rooms, like one, well, before yeah, because there's, um, there's you guys, Quentin, who's like, in the background, and yeah. uh, Lan. I
2: guess Lan was Sharon, right?
0: Well, I don't know. I didn't like to assume anything.
2: Well, they're married and all, right? So. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, that's <coughs> absolutely fine.
2: Okay, I'm assuming yeah. we've what we've hired four. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's right. She she looks over at this barrel chest. man and she's like, shouts to be her. Hegid! Hegid! Uh, four of the, uh, the private rooms are... If you could arrange for the uh the baths to be put in there and they're gonna let us know when they want and it he, he just sort of looks up and he's like, Alright, all right. and he starts like shouting to some of like the the local lads to to get these like baths moved into the rooms and whatever. Blassie then turns back towards you and she's like, Alright, so uh can I get you any, any food, any drink, anything like that? Uh, we we do have a number of speciality ales. Very proud of them. Brigwart's finest. Let's hear it. She says, "Well, we've got Old Swithiner, we've got Wake Lake Scarlet, Cobsworth Pale, we've got Oberon's Ambrosial, Prigwalt Pure. That's a nice little drop, Smooth Albsy. We've got some Greener Spinthian, Ether of Blue, Prigwalk Tipple. If that's your fancy, we've got Pokey Nog, we've got some Purple Spinthian. We've got a little bit, of, a little bit of Night Liquor still, and I think uh, Porridge Full Moon. That's very nice. Uh, Minstrel's Cordial." And then uh Health widens as well.
3: Um, the ambrosial
0: at least. Oh Lord Ibran's ambrosial. Uh, very good you are sir now. Uh, that's a that's a gold crown for uh, for a mug of that. Uh, I will
2: have the green one, whatever that one was. Oh
0: the green Aspinthian, sir. Yeah, that's, that's the a one. good choice, good choice. Okay, so obviously she takes a gold piece for the ambrosial, and the greener spinthian is five silver pieces. She brings over the ambrosial, and it's this—it's this pretty unappetizing, like flat-looking, like insipid, brown-coloured ale. Oops. And the taste of it is like—it's a bit like a sort of like sour, like like a rose taste, but like with a bit of a sort of sour aftertaste. But I, as you as you sort of taking a sip of it, she says, "Oh, I know it's a bit sour, sir, but..." Uh, well, it will see you off to sleep, right and proper. In it's fact, some sick. of the some of the lo- some of the local um, herbalists they actually recommend it to people who are having trouble sleeping.
1: And I'll just I'll just put up two fingers f- for myself and Lan. The strongest you got.
0: Oh, she's like a. Oh, are you, are you sure, sir?
1: I'll just give her a, a convincing nod.
0: He says that. Uh, says that. Oh. D- Forgive me for asking, sir. I don't mean to seem forward, but you and your, you and your good lady, are you, you married? Are you?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: She she sort of shouts up and she's like, uh, she's like, oh, two health widens for the for the happy couple over here. At which point there's like a bit of general like laughter from around, and these like, you charge like three silver crowns for like each of those, so six in total. These these flagons are bought over, and there's this strange like grey semi-coagulated liquid in there almost like the texture of like wallpaper paste but as you and you're like oh this this looks horrible but as you smell it it's actually got this really nice like like sort of plum and like cinnamony scent that like wafts up out of it and uh, as you're sort of like you're sniffing it and like land likewise it's like looking a bit unsure of it one of the locals like, on the next table like leans back he, in his chair and he's like, oh, you'll have a good night if you and the lady are drinking that, son."
1: With that, I'll take a big gulp of it.
0: He's like, "You know what I mean?" <laughs> yep, yeah, you take a big gulp of it. It's it's an odd texture, so like I say, it's, it's slightly sort of slimy, like pasty texture, but it does taste very pleasant. I suppose the nearest I can imagine it is like if you'd taken some very watery porridge put like a load of plums in it and then I like sprinkled some cinnamon on the top then you like blended it in a food blender and drank it that's what it tastes like but yeah it's quite nice okay. and after like drinking it for a bit you're like like you the rest of you guys noticed that a, a number of like looks start passing between like brock and lan
3: mm. i'll be rather um uh, ignorant of that as I'm sort of whispering into my mug to Lord Oberon uh, about the significance of Dream. <laughs> Getting so, a bit slurred as I, I I took a little bit too much, a little bit too quick. Uh, apparently, it's a sedative, so <laughs> I'm just slowing down a bit, slurring a bit into my mug about um, how I um, I've <laughs> I've come to uh, discuss dreams with Lord Oberon.
0: Okay, so as like a, a mug of green, a Spinthian is set in front of you, Malcolm. We've got like Brock and Lan who are like, huh?
2: Huh?
0: early time for an early night. And then we've got like Weimar sort of staring into his and he's like, see, the thing they don't understand, Oberon, about these dreams. And I'm like talking somethings. to his mug. Yeah, <laughs> after Bruce, I <I've laughs> failed you. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: it, it's, it's along the lines of like, Oh, uh, the, the summer nights are very very enchanted and i i often dream of the green pastures over there and it's just the the continuous like just full of consciousness
0: nonsense about dreams indeed and this this flagon is put down in front of you and mark it it's this fizzy lime green liquid that has a smell almost like sort of like freshly cut grass and it 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 tastes very light and very pleasant it's got like a it's not like a heavy drink it's got like a fairly light sort of like herby sort of flavor to it and after after you've sucked your flagon down and it's not like the strongest like ale in the place but you know it's, it's all right I mean you're not smashed but you're feeling a bit merry and occasionally as you're sort of like looking around you notice that occasionally there appears to be like a vague sort of like flickering like green outline around things. But it's only like out the corner of your eye so you might like you see someone move in the corner of your eye and they're like outlined by green but then when you look at them they look fine and you see something over there. So it's, it's a little bit disorientating at first but you know you, you find that and actually it feels it feels oddly sort of normal to you. Which is itself a little bit concerning. As though like Part, part of you just like, oh, yeah, I think things being outlined with strange light. Sounds about right.
2: <laughs> okay, cool. So, I will, uh, after I have my beer and some food, I'll leave the guys to their, their mumbling. My guess is Brock and Lan are probably already gone, and I will uh, go for my bat. <clears throat>
0: Yeah. So you, you, you give you give them a, a shout until so like an hour later, you're told your bath's ready, you head into your room. It's it's not the most luxurious and fancy of rooms, but it, it's nice. You know, you've got your private bed, it's like a little dresser, a little table, all the sort of comforts you would expect, quite like quite upmarket for saying it's like a working man's tavern. And then obviously having been like dragged into the far end of the room is basically like a tin bath. And as you as you're sort of given the nod, all oh, the bath's ready. You head in and you can see like, hot water's been put in it. The steam rising up. And there's been like a big sort of uh, jug of cold water put next to it. So, you know, if it's too hot for you, you can put a little bit of that in to let the temperature down a little bit. And the, the lad who stood at the door, he said, Oh, if, if you need it topping up, sir, j- j- just give us a shout to the, the bar and we'll, we'll come and top it up for you.
2: Cool. Definitely will. Thank you very
0: much and he, and he uh, turns and, starts, and he's like oh thank you sir and he starts walking away and he's walking away however and you turn to go back into the room you notice that there's like a little sort of clay plate just like put down in the corner of the corridor like near your room and you see a few near other rooms and you can see there's like a little mug with some sort of white liquid on it and what looks like a, a little biscuit of some kind put on the, the plate and it's just like on the floor in the corridor.
2: Okay. So I call out to the little fella.
0: Uh, hey, what's this plate and mug on the floor for? He's, he's like, oh, it's a, he says, oh, it's for the little people, sir. He says, that's just, just like local superstition, you know. You know what they say? Oh, if you, if you leave a glass of milk and a biscuit out for the little people, they won't cause any trouble in your home they'll just take the biscuit and the milk and they'll they'll leave things be. And sometimes they might even be helpful, like help you find lost stuff and things like that. Just just a supersti- local superstition, sir. Okay. And does anyone ever drink the milk? He says, well, I pro- probably shouldn't tell you this, sir, but, you know, uh, wow, well, if, a, if a few of us lads who are helping out, hey, you know, we wake up and we've had a, a bit of a heavy night, a, a little bit of milk and a biscuit in the morning can sometimes be just the ticket." Nice. I don't, don't tell anyone I told you, so and he laughs and he starts walking off.
2: Okay. Cool, so I just close my door and Indeed, you, you start turn,
0: me off the bench. You turn back round to head back into the room and it's then you notice that there's a very tiny man sat next to the the, the mug of milk. A little tiny wizened man with a little wispy beard. Oh and a little like brown pointy leather hat. And like leather clothing, and he's, he's going like this, like he's tiny compared to the the normal size cub. And he's going, doesn't seem to pain you any mind, but he's like lifting the cup up, and like you're like, yeah. Hello, he's like, How's your milk? He, he, drops, he drops the milk because he's like, He seems surprised that you've seen him, and as you look at him, you see he's. Even as you're directly looking at him, he's like outlined with this strange, like, green glow.
3: Okay.
2: Uh,
0: he's he saying he. He sort of like. He, he sort of peers at you cautiously. as though he's not really sure what to do. And then, then he's. I presume you're still wearing like your hooded cloak and all of that, yeah. he, Then he sort of goes.
2: So I pull my. Yeah, hood down. I guess.
0: You, you pull your hood down. as like your ears are like revealed. He, his eyes go wide for me, and then in like a really like squeaky high pitched voice, which I'm probably incapable of doing. He, he immediately says, he's like, oh, so sorry, sir, sorry, sir. I didn't, I didn't did me no offence, by it, sir. Sorry, sir. No, oh, no, no harm. Help yourself. What's your name? He, he says. He says, oh. Gr- Gr- Grimwater, sir, Grimmauld, sir. Uh, yeah. what, 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 what do we know? I'm not doing no. I'm uh, just a uh, just uh, w- walking around and having a look at everything shipshape and uh, having a little bit of milk and a bit and a biscuit. No, no, I meant, sir. No, I meant. Oh no. And he no, looks I'm genuinely hot. like petrified. Hmm. Um. So, tell me,
2: Grimwald, is this where you live?
0: He says. Uh, he says, yeah, yeah. There's there's loads, loads of us in the town, sir. Okay. And the normal folk can't see you? Oh, no, no, no sir. That, 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 that won't be right at all, sir. Oh,
2: and yet I can see you somehow.
0: He says, Oh, oh, oh yeah, of course you can. I'm sorry. I di- he says, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. He I'm sorry, y- your lordship. I, I didn't realise what we what, with the hood and all. Ah. So I didn't mean no offence. No, no, none taken. None
2: taken. Um... And what do your
0: people do to you? He says, "Well, we." He says, "Well, we." He well, and he's like stammering over his words. He's like still quite panicked. He's like, well, we, 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 we tidy things up, and you know, if people, people leave us a bit of milk and a bit of biscuit occasionally. Like, if we find like lost stuff, we, we, we put it in places where where they can find it. I mean, n- nothing like a nothing like your grand and terrible self, your lordship. I'm, I'm sure.
2: Well, I." <clears throat> Not that grand, not that terrible. Um, you fear the elves of this land, so
0: he says. It's, it's well, it's, it's it's not that serious. It's just a, obviously, you're a you're you're far higher in the uh, the the elves' esteem than a, a a lowly a lowly sprite like myself. Okay, and uh, which earl is this? He says, oh. Surely, surely, you're joking with me, sir. Yeah. Uh. Everyone knows about the Earl, even the even the the local local, local um humans in Prickhorn know about him. Okay, and can you tell me about him? He says, oh, he says, oh yeah, the uh, he says yeah the the, the, Earl, the Earl of the Earl yellow sir. He, well, he 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 doesn't, he doesn't come to the mortal world much himself, but. Uh, He's he's always very interested in what's going on, so, so we see we see plenty of his uh his emissaries and he sort of like bows to you, uh, c- coming through. I mean, normally they they don't really mix with the with, with the mortal folk. Aye, right. y- your lordship, that, that that's why I mistook you for one of them. Again, no, no offense, man. Your lordship, no offense, no, no. man. Uh, but uh, yeah, we n- normally they they sort of do their thing quietly and in the shadows and like. Well, like us, like the normal folk, don't really see them. Hmm. And obviously, normally they, but they, they, they wouldn't speak to a, a, a lowly sprite like myself. Indeed.
2: Um, and tell me, is the Earl of Yellow known by any other names? The Cold Prince, or
0: some other such name, perhaps. Uh, which point he says, "He says, oh no, he says the the the, the Cold Prince is an entirely." It's an entirely different lord, sir. Yeah, uh-huh. he's, he's well. He's, he's not been he's not been in the dom for hundreds of years, sir. Well, thousands.
3: Okay. Ever
0: since, ever since um, they did the thing. Ah. Uh-huh. You know? But we, we, you you know all about that, your lordship. I'm sure more than, more than a, a humble sprite like myself.
2: Yes, yes, but perhaps not as much as I might know. Um.
0: Hmm. He says, hey, if, you, "If you don't mind me saying, sir, um, where's your uh, where 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 where's your great golden wolf? Surely you haven't brought that in here with with the normal folk can see it."
2: I think that you are possibly mistaking me for someone else. Um...
0: Oh, I'm, I'm 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 ter- terribly sorry, your lordship. I I, I, I assumed you. Were, you were an emissary from from the earl. Uh, are, are you a visitor from one of the from one of the other the other courts? Uh, I didn't mean any to respect your lordship.
2: No, 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 no. Just relax. Everything is okay. Um, I come from a distant land, and I am not as familiar with the local court as I might be.
0: Oh, of course.
2: Um, and the emissaries. Of the Earl of Yellow,
0: well, what is their purpose? What did they come to this land to do? Says, well, uh, as I say, the uh, the, the Earl himself uh, doesn't uh, doesn't visit the the mortal realm. He mostly he mostly stays in a Spoondrift Castle, but uh, the uh, in Wyforth. But uh, he, he's very interested in all the uh, in all the, the the mortal goings on. Uh, from what I hear, he. He finds all the the mortal goings on very amusing, and uh, he mostly sends his emissaries out to, uh, well, I suppose to, to to have a bit of fun and to re, to report back to him uh, uh, about, about what's going on with the mortals and whatnot. Okay, and do you know how one might come to this Spoondraft Castle? He says, he says, well, uh, I, I, obviously as a, as a lonely sprite myself, I I wouldn't be able to go there, but uh, I, I I've heard there are. There are hidden doorways in a, in the in the Dolmen woods. Not that I know where they were, but there there are hidden doorways to a, uh, to, to his domain in the, uh, in the Dolmen Wood. And uh, obviously there's the the fairy roads, uh, of of course, sir.
2: Okay.
0: And uh, well, this uh, this whole town, uh, if you, I mean, I don't, I don't know. If there's any people old enough in, in this town to to remember, but this whole area that it's in is a. Uh, is Known as the uh, the yellow wood, ah, sort of like but b- b- back in the old days, although although it's it's a name that's been a little bit forgotten by the uh, b- by the mortal folk now, sir.
2: Hey, the yellow wood, that is indeed interesting. I mean, I, I've, I've, me.
0: I've even heard, I, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry for interrupting your lordship. Please, please go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I, I was gonna say, uh, your lordship, that I well, I've even, I've even heard that uh, some of the, the people in uh, the mortal folk in this town uh, uh, p- pay allegiance to the Earl, uh, as well as, as us fairy folk. Really? And are such mortals marked in any way? I, I, I don't believe so, sir. No, no. Said, and, but not as far as I am aware. I mean, I've never. It, it's, it's only what I've heard. I don't. I don't know how true it is.
2: Uh, and besides the sprites is there other creatures in the yellow woods or in the city
0: there's a there's there's many many of the the fair folk uh, around the woods some can be seen by by mortal folks some can't uh, I mean there's any there's only really one place in the uh, in the woods you you won't find the fair folk to be honest sir and
2: what place is that
0: he says, "Oh, that's in the, uh, that's in the great, uh, great ring of child to the to, to the west, sir. Uh, ever since, uh You know the, uh, the thing happened to your lordship. Uh, our our sort can't go in there."
2: Ah, that is interesting. How far to the west is that? Do you know?
0: He says, "Well, uh, it it starts. I, I, well, I mean for." for uh, for tall folk like yourself, uh, your lordship, and uh, I think it'd be a a, a couple of days. Uh, there's an old, uh, there's an old ruined uh, building, like uh, a church or something, that's just on the border of it.
2: The Abbey, perchance?
0: Oh, I wouldn't know what they call it, sir. But uh, I, I only know because I've, I've heard some of the. Pe- obviously, we obviously we can't go in t- 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 to churches and the like, sir, but. Uh, I've heard from some of the people coming out uh, mentioning the, uh, the, the the I think they called it an abbey yeah uh, they said that they said it was in ruins though and uh, well mm. from what I know uh, that's that's on the very edge of where the where the uh, the, the great ring of cell is and we well we, we can't pass beyond it it's almost like a from what I, I and mean, I've never tried it myself sir. but uh, from what I've heard it's almost like a wall and we we can't go in there I hey. think that, that, that's probably the only place you won't find a find a fair folk uh, around in the Dolmen Wood. Although, like I say, uh, your Lordship um, we might not always be seen by the by the common folk, but but we're there. Okay. I mean, even the even the Cold Prince has a cut, co- still has a couple of emissaries in the in in the woodland. I mean, it's it, it's written into the ancient the ancient fabrics of the, the woodlands, even since the thing they that the, they couldn't stop that, even though he's. He he can't come in himself anymore. He's he, he's allowed to have a couple of people in here to represent him.
2: Okay, and are, are there many
0: other Fae lords,
2: or is it just the Earl of Yellow?
0: Oh yes, there's a there, there's a number of them, sir. But uh, obviously, they, they they mostly stay to their own domains. They don't tend to come to the Dom themselves many times, and they have varying different levels of uh, levels of interest in what's going on. I mean, most of them. Really, that bothered about what the mortals are up to in the Dolman Wood uh, unless their interests somehow intersect. But, uh, like I say, the the, the Earl, and the, the reason again, forgive me your logic, the reason, the reason I assumed you were answering from the Earl is because he's one of the few that takes an active interest in what the mortals get up to. So, I, I just assumed that you know, you okay, given your obvious uh. Heritage that you—you you must have been sent by the Earl.
2: Hmm. No, but I, I do need to talk to him. Um is there any of the
0: fair folk who might help me gain an audience with him? You'd—you'd you, you'd have to speak to one of his emissaries, uh, your lordship. And I—I'm I'm very sorry. I, I would love to help you, but uh, as I say, I'm just a, a lowly sprite. I don't really—I've uh, not seen any for for a good deal of time.
2: Okay. Hmm. Okay. Well thank you for your time and enjoy your milk and your biscuit.
0: Oh thank you, Your Logit, but obviously you shut the door and you head into your room and start enjoying your bath. As you as you do that you hear like the sound of like little feet walking away from your door and getting a bit fainter. Then you hear like uh, a second voice be like, Oi, what was all that about? And he's like he's like, Oh there's one of the lords like staying in that room just down there. What, what, what? Like out in the open? Yeah. Yeah, like just like mixing with like the all like like it ain't even a thing. Oh really? Nah Yeah, I told you he spoke to me. What, one, one of the lords, I spoke to you. And then they like they obviously like carry on walking mm-hmm. away and their sort of conversation trails away. Okay, and you get in and you have a lovely warm bath it's very nice and refreshing is there anything else anyone wants to do before the end of the day because you all sort of take your various rest and repose not too
2: many details Brock
1: I mean I won't need to give you details I I think it would be quite vocal to be honest
0: I, I think we can draw a veil over what Brock gets up to, but suffice to say that, like, since your rooms are all fairly near to each other, you will all hear what Brock's getting up to.
3: I think but, I might do some sleepwalking. Um, perhaps in in a sort of fairy-inspired dream. Uh, so maybe I go to my room. To have a rest, and maybe I return like (laughs) an hour later, uh, sleepwalking uh, back into the common room to uh, continue uh, bullshit antics. uh, Maybe (laughs) drink some more. (laughs) Then return once again.
0: So, what we're actually, what we're going to say is, as you, as you go to sleep, you, after you've wandered about a bit, you eventually sort of drift off into a a dream filled slumber and in your dream filled slumber you have a dream where you see a perhaps inspired by what you saw at the church you see a a hooded figure wearing like long white flowing robes the that as you're watching, the, the figure is surrounded by a number of different people one, two, three, four, five, six people around him. And as you watch, at the, the first, they appear to be like talking quite happily amongst themselves. This white figure in the middle talking to these other figures who are very. Various different—they they look human, but they not various different dresses and ethnicities, etc. And at some point, seemingly without any real reason, the these figures all grab hold of like a different part of the robe on this cloaked figure, and they start like pulling it in different directions. And at first, this cloaked figure is just sort of like that being pulled in all different directions. Then you start hearing like this. And you see like tears start appearing in the, the robe. As they all continue to pull in different directions, the robe is pulled apart and there is this blinding flash. And when the, when the flash fades, there's still these six people stood around. But where the white figure once stood, there are now three swords lying on the ground.
3: And I guess that's that's the part of my sort of dream where I've <laughs> I've drawn my sword as well, uh, because I, I see it in the dream. Uh, maybe I even have like maybe tossed it onto my room's floor, and that's where I see in the dream where the swords
0: are now. I'll tell what, just just the fun of it. Roll me a d six. Three like okay. the swords indeed <laughs> <laughs> so as you're sort of having this dream you you see these three swords this figure torn apart and you sort of reach down in the dream and you're holding up your the sun sword your own sword and then as you're sort of about to like throw it down you hear sort of seemingly far away and quiet at first but getting louder a, a female voice being like you alright, mate? Hello? Hello? And as you like snap uh... out, as you like snap out of the dream and you look round, you see that you're like you're stood with the sun sort out, with, like light obviously coming out mm. of it because you've drawn it. And you're basically stood there in like whatever night clothes you wear in the like the main bar area, which is of course <laughs> now empty because the place is shut. Mm. And you can see one of these like muscular women who seems to be like help run the place. He stood there in a nightgown, and she's sort of like, looking at you a bit concerned, (laughs) and she's basically sort of like, holding her hands like that, and she's gone. You alright, mate? Everything okay?
3: I'll, like, snap my head towards her and just, like, wildlife, like a, like a mushroom eating prophet (laughs) in the wilderness, like, yes, I was having a wonderful dream. Ah... I apologize for
0: the sword. Did I bring the scabbard, or is it just the sword? No, you, you can't see the scabbard. I mean, yeah, exactly. presumably it's still in your room, and you just no, pull I that out. I was like, I apologize
3: for the sword, and then go for the scabbard. It's not there, so I just put it under my... <laughs> uh, and I close, and uh, sort of stagger back into my room. <laughs> yeah, as
0: you're sort of heading away, she's like, uh, she's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you had a bit too much, did you, sir?
3: Oh, it's it, it is it is Oberon's uh, Ambrosial, uh, oh.
0: a wonderful
3: spirit, very talkative.
0: Oh right, yeah, I get you, sir. Yeah, it it does have that effect on some people, you know. Some people get their feet to wandering when they should be lying still. But don't don't worry about it, sir. No harm caused. So you you get yourself back to your room and have a good night's sleep. Wonderful, thank you. And thanks to Lord Oberon as well. As, well <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll drink to that sort. i probably not for a few hours, to be honest. It's a bit late, but uh, yeah, you you, a, you uh, try and get a bit more shut eye. Uh I, I I might advise you just to like uh, just to like lock your door and like put the key in the drawer, the drawer on the dresser or something. Just you know, in case your feet get to wander in again. So wonderful, yes.
3: I shall, uh, and I stagger back and uh, get like put the sword in the scabbard lock the door and I'll I'll go under my bed
0: <laughs> that, as, and as you I'll slide like... the sword back into the scabbard you hear like the sword's voice being like but uh, what's going on
3: No it, it is it is nothing it is but lord of Ober- lord of chariot has, has has drawn very close to us Uh, as i (laughs) pack myself under my bed to sort of prevent myself from wandering yeah Uh, it's like go there get my you know linens and whatnot just like stuff myself (laughs) under the uh the bed and just like hug the the sword in the scabbers like ah but but the chariot is gone now we we can sleep
0: indeed and sleep you do the rest of the night passes fairly uneventfully if any of you are down hit points, you can regain 1d3 hit points as per usual for rest. Obviously, you've sort of ate and drank in the, the tavern, so you don't really need to because there'll have been like a bit of bread and cheese around with your drinks or whatever, even though you didn't order a meal, so you don't need to like spend any rations for the day. And you all wake up. The next morning, as you look out of the, the the little sort of windows, it's probably about six a.m. ish. You look out of the windows, you can see the the warm autumnal sunlight of the Dolmen Wood shining down you can hear sort of hubbub of conversation very quiet at first but starting to get a little bit louder as obviously people are getting up in the morning you know going about their business you can hear like carts rumbling around and stuff like that as you as it sort of hits the hour you hear the sound of church bells in the distance coming from the church of St Whelan, sort of chiming the hour and you presumably all meet up in the common area Feel free to discuss, plan your actions, and we'll crack on from there. So it's over to you guys.
2: Um, so I'll explain briefly about the sprite and the Great Ring of uh, Chell, and um, that seems to start near the Abbey, and that there's an area where the fair folk won't go, um, and that it has existed since um, the, the wood was moved. Um, so it may be a place to. To take the uh, the sun sword to see if it can maybe from there sense the the green uh, steel, um, and I'll also explain about the uh, elves being uh, emissaries of uh, the Earl of Yellow and having joined the Golden Wolves, and that if if we come across one that perhaps uh, an audience with the Earl might provide some enlightenment in terms of what happened
3: a few thousand years ago. Um, that, that sounds very helpful. Hmm. Um, if, if there's even a chance of that, I, I think we should take it, even if it doesn't lead us to the green steel.
1: Yeah. Didn't you say it's from a almost a different world? or some Yeah, place. but he's watched
2: this world for years. Um. So he may have some insight that we lack. Um, but I don't know how to find one of these emissaries unless we happen
1: to pass one. Well, from what Malcolm told us before, um, Brock was thinking if if we were lucky enough or, or we could manage to find this missing powerful weapon that this this lady... Uh, not lady, the, um, the drune talked of, then maybe you could summon this spiritual elf character that you met some days back and see if it would be something we could exchange for this this green steel. You know, and see yeah. if we could do a swap and then maybe not have to get involved with the droon at all. yes potentially
2: yeah and it may, may may act as a focal point though not as strong and allow the dominant wood to return more naturally to its yeah original location
1: isn't isn't this elf that you this spiritual elf is she not an some sort of
2: she's an emissary of a different a different type a different lord yeah has multiple failures according to this sprite, and my friend is an emissary of the cold prince and it feels like it's the earl of yellow who has the most information oh,
0: okay, about yeah. the area one thing i will point out as well is since you've woken up malcolm you've noticed that you're no longer seeing like the green haze around anything
2: okay so mm. i might buy two points that I have to bring with me in the bottle because that might be useful when the time comes
0: Yeah, that's fine you can easily do that you buy they're like little clay jugs really like corks in them you buy two of those of green a spinthium they, like I say, it's five silver crowns each okay
1: Brock confirms he don't need any of that drink. He's not going to take any out with him.
0: As you say that, Lan <laughs> sort of says, maybe, maybe, "Maybe you should like buy a couple of those jugs of that uh, that drink we had the other night."
1: You don't need that. Maybe, maybe just a shot glass. <laughs> <laughs> uh...
0: As you're you're chatting you hear from just outside the Oath in the Oast you hear a loud voice go come on, let's be off with you, we'll see what Captain Hogwash has got to say to you and then you hear like a muffled like slightly higher pitched voice like clearly protesting but you can't really hear what it's saying
2: Is it outside is it? Yeah Okay, well Malcolm being a little bit hungover and dead curious will jump up and walk out the door and see what the kerfuffle is. Okay. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: You see a man wearing a a red tabard and sort of a, like bits of chain mail and sort of like working trousers. And on this tabard, there's like a, a gold embroidered sort of like beer flagon. And he appears to be like dragging this youth. By, like, by his collar, like, by the scruff of his neck. And he's, like, appears to be, like, dragging him down the street. And this youth's, like, oh, didn't you mean no harm? And he's, like, yeah, well, tell it to Captain Hogwash. We'll see what he's got to say about this. And he's, like, dragging this, like, youth who's, like, trying to struggle, but he obviously, like, can't get away.
2: Um, what seems to be the problem call college as I walk towards
0: him? He, he, he sort of looks up at you and he's, like, Is that, oh... It's just the Bounders playing up against her. Uh, nothing to worry about.
2: Uh, and what are the Bounders,
0: pray thou? The, the young lad, like, sort of opens his mouth as if he's going to say something, and the guy, like, cuffs him around the back of the head, and he's like, oh, I'm less out of you. And he's like, oh, the Bounders, they're this, this group of, like, youths, mostly, like, rich, spoiled little oiks, like this one here. And, well, they've got it into their mind that, oh, prigwart in danger from what they call rongans. Which basically between you and me, sir, is pretty much anyone they don't like the look of. That's how it seems to shake down. And they cause trouble, you know, vandalism, like harassing people and whatnot, mostly like travellers through it. Anyone they think looks a bit different. So I'm gonna drag this little nurk here up in front of the the captain of the ale guard and uh, well I'm sure we've given that they they tend to all come from, like, the well-to-do, so he'll probably get a bit of a slap on the wrist and he'll be out getting time for tea. But, well, we can't have him running around stirring up trouble, can we? Uh, indeed. And tell me, uh, does the kid look like he's well-dressed? He's, he basically looks as though he's, he's tried to sort of dress down in, like, sort of common as clothing, but obviously from the quality of the clothing he's wearing, he presumably comes from, like, a pretty well-off family, so it's like he's wearing, like, commoners gear, but it's, like, designer label commoners gear. Okay.
2: Um, right. So um, I'm quite interested in these bounders. I'm wondering if I might speak to your charge for a moment. Um. Uh, and get him to answer some of my questions.
0: Wow. And I, don't, I don't suppose I'll see the harm in that, sir. Uh, keep keep an eye on him, though. They can be slippery customers.
2: No, absolutely. Yes. I have a. And I have my
0: uh, dog, dog, my bull master somewhere. Yeah, like, he looks, this uh, ale guard looks at the dog and he says, Oh, it's a fine looking beast, Dolman Wood Mastiff. Good breed. That's a yeah, good breed. Absolutely. Tear him to shreds if he's decided to run away. That's it. I've heard. Oh yeah, and he, he seems to like. Obviously, he's quite enthusiastic about dogs. He seems to like. Forgot the young lad for a minute. And He's like, "How are you finding like training him, sir? I heard they've got a bit of a temper on him." Ah uh, no, this one, this one
2: does what it's told. Uh well trained. Um, <clears throat>
0: only eats the people I tell it to eat. Um, he sort of nods, and he's like a little bit of a smirk in the corner of his mouth. Is that the young lad? <laughs> <laughs> So while, um, while this is going on, what are Brock and uh Wymar up to?
1: Um I mean th- th- this is this all making sort of sense? Is this guy oh, this so this guy, this kid, is he sort of got like fairly good clothing and Yeah, like I say he, he's not ba- like he a basically street he,
0: he looks like he's like a very rich person who's tried to like dress down to like mixing with the common folk, but he doesn't really look like he knows how to do it. So, like, I say yeah, yeah. it's basically like he's wearing like common workers' gear, but it's like Gucci common workers' gear. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it sticks out a mile. Like, you, you just look at a normal person, you look at him, and you're like, oh, he's got money.
1: Yeah. Okay, so it, it all seems to be sort of ringing true. Yeah. What this guard's saying and stuff. Um, Yeah, so I, I don't think Brox wants to get involved in. uh, the local politics and uh dishing out punishment, so he'll be just again he'll be just listening in and okay. if there's anything we can get from the information, but he's not gonna interfere.
0: Okay, what about Weimar? Having a
3: very low key conversation with Malcolm's pet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just on that side it's like nothing fancy, no big big moves, just like
0: really uh, I, I... I guess so. <laughs> okay, so Malcolm, you've been given permission by this ale god to like question this young lad. Um, so I'll just
2: sit him down, sit down beside him, um, and say, "Tell me about the bounders and what it is that you stand for."
0: He says, "He says, well, look, I, I don't want to speak earl of like the ale god, but like everyone knows," and he sort like. He looks across as though he's worried, like the guard's gonna like come in and like slap him round the back of the head again. And he's like, but everyone knows they're employed by the council of brewmasters, so everyone knows that they mostly care about like trade and stuff like that. So stuff outside that, they tend not to bother so much. And well, all manner of stuff goes on that like they're not really interested in, since it doesn't impact trade. So, you know, a, a few of us, uh, well, it was Jongler's idea. Uh, a few of us got together and we thought, well, if the old guard aren't sorting it out, and they're not going to look after the people, you know. We, we've got to take a stand ourselves, you know. I mean there's all sorts of like wronguns and creatures coming out of the woodlands and whatever. And you know, if, if they're not going to look after us, we've got to look after ourselves. When I mean, Prigwort's a nice, a nice, clean, nice place, and we want it to stay like that, we don't want any of these like horrible like woodland folk and you your fair folk and your your whatnots coming in here and messing it all up and making it so like your normal folk can't have a peaceful day's work okay and tell me about these wrongs What are they he says oh there's there's loads of different and he's he's getting a bit more enthusiastic now as he thinks "Oh, maybe you're like you're buying into what he's selling he's like like, oh there's all sorts of wrong and so he says well there's the strange folk who live out in the woods who like you know they've uh, they've dabbled in things they shouldn't be dabbling in and it's like changed a bit then there's all sorts of people from like foreign parts coming in you know bringing their strange ways in Uh Oh, know indeed then there's the then there's like the beastmen out in the out in the woodlands and yeah okay some of them say some people say oh yeah well there's only like only like the crookhorns and that up in the northern woods who were like were like horrible and like nasty, oh the others are quite civilised I don't believe it sir I think they're all cut from the same cloth Aye. a beastman's a beastman sir
2: indeed and tell me why is it you, you have a problem with the fair folk
0: he says well everyone knows they go round like stealing babies and like poisoning milk and like making your cows milk sour and like stealing your valuables and like, swapping people out with their own and stuff like that. Everyone knows that. And okay. he's getting quite animated and, like, excited as he's like... So talk to me about your friend, Jungler,
2: whose idea this whole thing was. Who's he?
0: Says, he? Oh, he says, oh, uh, Jungler, he says, well, he's a, he's a, oh, he's a nice, uh, he's a nice enough fellow. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's, he's, he's a, he's a little bit, a little bit quirky because he's getting on a little bit, but, uh, He's a lot older than most of us, but uh, he's got the right idea. It was his original idea to, uh, that the like the younger people of the, prig war should like, step up and do something if the older people weren't willing to do it. You know what I mean? I do, I do. Like, like if, if 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 we can't look after ourselves, who's going to?
1: That's yeah. what I ask
0: you. We'll have all sorts of foreigners and wrongans and fair folk and all that coming in here, changing our way of life, and we don't want it
1: and okay. yeah okay
0: the like like the man said then all right yeah okay we we occasionally do a bit of vandalism and we do a bit of this and that you know but it's mostly just to try and like scare the ronkins out very rarely goes to any more than that most folk they get like they get the message oh you're not wanted here and they move on and that's fine with us once it's outside prigwar not our problem okay and who did you see this
2: morning that caused it to cause the damage who
0: were you scaring this morning? He says, "Wow, well, I saw this merchant, right? And, well, if he wasn't a beastman, I don't know what it is. Great big hairy fella. Hair all over him. And I said, well, there's a wrong if ever I saw one. So, me and a couple of other lads, we basically on one of his wagons while he was away getting a drink, we basically painted Get Out of Brigg on the side of his wagon in paint. That was it. Didn't arm no one. Didn't didn't cause no massive damage. Just painted like "get out" on the side of his wagon. And with most of them, that's all it takes. But well, we got we got seen by one of the air guard, didn't we? And well, I, I I was the slowest, unfortunately, so I got pinched by him. All right. Someone has to be. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, if I wanted to know more, where would I find this jungler? He says, well you can normally find him in one of the taverns or whatnot around the uh around the city most of the time okay and where does he live he says oh he's got he's got a place up in the uh in the north side the city. quite a nice little pilot is okay
2: cool and then i guess i'll turn to the guard and say uh what do
0: you know about this jungler character who leads the boundaries he's like oh or Stash jongler, the right troublemaker. you think a man of his age would know better. But, well, wow, I reckon the drink's got to his brain, personally. He always looks like he's been dragged through a hedge backwards. His hair's everywhere. He wears ridiculous brightly colored clothes. It's all patched together. Apparently, he used to come from some moneyed family, but they've fallen on hard times. Apparently he's the great nephew of some noble such and such, I don't know, and uh, I think he's got relatives who run the run the clashed ankle at one of the taverns, uh, but I think they've pretty much disavowed him because of the uh, the trouble he causes. He's, he's normally, we, we pick him up every, every few weeks or so, he's got drunk in a tavern, he's whooping and jeering and carrying on like an idiot. It's... I swear he's got the brains of a teenager like trapped in a grown man's body. And this this bounders malarkey. It's just the latest foolishness he's got himself into. To me, it seems like a man who should know better, he's put some stupid ideas in the heads of young people who don't know any better. And as a result, they're causing trouble and it's me and the rest of the ale guard who have to go round and i pick all the pieces. Oh, I five. Mean, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, most of, them, most of them are too young to know any better, so they get a bit of a slap on the wrist, out they go, hopefully they've learned their lesson. But, well, John Glurphy, he should know better. I mean, if we could like, if we could pinch him for any of the more serious infractions, well, he'd have a much tougher time of it. But, well, I'll say what you want for the fella, he's a, he's a bit canny, they never find him at the scene of any crimes.
2: It's the canny ones you have to watch.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong there.
2: Mm. Well, sorry for delaying you, and many thanks for um, allowing me to talk to your charge, and I'll flick him a gold sovereign. and
0: He, he says, uh, he, says much he sort of catches it, but then he offers it back to you, so, much appreciated sir, but sorry I can't accept it while I'm on duty, you know, it might be seen as a bribe or something of that matter, but I appreciate the okay. sentiment, sir, and then that like, gives you the gold piece back, and he, then he, oh. he grabs the kid by the scruff of the neck, and he's like, right, come on you. You've got a date with the commander. Come on. And he starts dragging him off down the street. As the young lad's like, Oh, we didn't really do any harm. Oh, we do a bit of pain. He's like, yeah, come cool. on. Tell it to the captain. And, like, drags him off down the street. Okay. So I guess we go back inside to finish our breakfast. Um, Yeah, no problem. You head back in. Is there anything in particular you want to eat, or...?
2: No, I think we just want to... There's nothing else we want to do in town, I don't think, is there? We just want to head out to the Abbey? Is there?
1: No, I think we're ready to explore further. We have the blessing,
2: so... Do
1: we want to explore
2: uh, Merckx or something, or do we think we're probably okay, or...?
3: That's a good question. have you seen any of that type of activity, John. Sort of like Swords for Hire all right in our time here i mean because i i kind of get the feeling that it's it's being a little bit more chill on that front and it's mostly being the town guard uh that we've seen i mean the
1: the guardsman didn't sort of seem to have any idea of that did he
0: i'll tell you what what one of you and i'll leave it down to you which one of you it is made me a charisma roll because i'm assuming that if you're interested you're probably going to have asked about a bit
2: I'm not horrendous. Got Thirteen. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit less. more horrendous than you, so you should
3: yeah. go. I'm. am I'm, I'm not good. I'm not good. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I'll. Uh, I'll give it a try. Um, there we
3: go. Okay. I'm just gonna do it.
0: Quick, reel. Okay, so you ask around, and you like you, you pop your head into like a few other taverns and whatnot. You're asking around. Um, over the course of that, you also have to like buy people a few drinks and whatnot to like get them to like talk to you as a stranger. So the whole thing costs you about like five gold pieces. However, at the end of that asking around, you've actually got, like, you've managed to find, like, a couple of people who are willing to sort of, like, be hired on as henchmen. Nice. And I'm going to ask, since uh, Brock, you you're the one who made the charisma roll, I'm going to mm-hmm. ask, can Malcolm and Weimar can you both roll me a D100? Okay. Mm-hmm. Got a seventy.
3: Okay. A fifty. Yeah, round numbers only. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> okay. means you get ten, right? No, no, unfortunately not. Basically, what it means is it's, it's to see what sort of people you've attracted, basically, and you've attracted a, a couple of sort of fairly standard sort of like warrior like manatons type people. One of them looks like a little bit more accomplished than the other. One of them looks like, oh you know, I'm like a, a bit of a peasant who like picked up a spear like a few weeks ago and I've decided I can make it in the big bad world. Whereas the other looks like oh I've actually like seen some stuff.
3: One mercenary and one D D character. Pretty much. I, I I guess we're taking people on because we we could use the help. Yeah. Even
2: if it's only to carry the luggage.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Or torches. That that's a very honorable old profession. <laughs>
2: Let's just make sure we dress them in the red armor.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's make a couple of uh, rolls.
1: The only other thing I thought of is, uh, at some stage, we should probably pick up some more garlic before we head back. Since it's plentiful. Oh,
3: yeah, in in like large quantities. I've I've got like a bushel or two, um, right now. But yeah, for when we actually return, we should mm. have like a supply
1: <laughs> of garlic. Yeah.
0: okay so the people you have picked up the the sort of manatoms sort of peasant levy sort of guy is called Roger and the the slightly more practiced person is a is a woman called Clement in terms of rates of pay they're asking for so I'm, I'm rolling this on some random tables
3: you know
0: here. I'm gonna ask can Malcolm can you roll me a D thirty? You'll probably have to type that into the dice thing for Roger and why Mark, can you roll me a D thirty for Clement? And this is to see what sort of thing they're armed with. What sort of equipment they've
2: got twenty one for Roger.
0: Okay.
3: Oh, what awesome. yeah. okay. was it? D D three. Yeah. Twenty eight. Twenty eight.
0: Okay. So close to another twenty one. Hmm. Okay. So, despite having come from humble stock, Roger has managed to scare himself up a longsword and a shield from somewhere. Clement, who is obviously more of a practiced warrior, has banded mail, a longsword, a shield and a spear.
2: Can we buy them plate in town? Yeah. Alright, so let's just assume we're going to buy them plate.
0: Okay, that's absolutely fine. Okay, so in terms of gold Roger is asking for 21 silver pieces a day and the more experienced fighter Clement is asking for 28 gold pieces a day uh, 28 gold per day say 21 silver if you want the uh the less experienced roger as well i
2: think we want both right it's pricey
1: but well, it's not very far is it this place so, so no couple, you're buying them both plates two days yes please
0: okay just making a note because obviously i'll do full sort of like character things for them Yeah, yeah Okay. Yeah, you've got yourself a couple of hirelings. So, what's next? Obviously, I'm I'm cognizant of the time getting on, so I think we're probably going to wrap up fairly soon. But, um, what's next for you guys? I think we're embarking on a... Towards
1: the, yeah. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Abbey. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, the so... circle was just beyond the Abbey, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay, let's take it back to the main mountain. then.
1: I suppose the, the only other thing we could have potentially asked for is a map of this area or a bit more to give us a bit more.
0: Okay, so you guys continue to the west for two days. Obviously that'll take two rations for each of you. And of course your your new hirelings.
2: No problem.
0: And you continue west along the horse eye road. As you at the sort of end of the second day you see what appears to be a dilapidated old ruin in the distance, sort of just to, the, just to the side of the road. And you're about to continue towards it, sure that this must be the old abbey that was spoken of. It has like the river running behind it, etc. When you spot a coming in the opposite direction down the, the road, you see a a two horse cart you hear it before you see it the rumbling of the wheels you see this two horse cart coming down the road towards you and as it gets closer you can see that the the rider sitting on the front appears to be this strange like beast like humanoid with like short horns coming out of its head covered in brown fur it's like holding the reins going quite slowly, and then walking alongside the carriage are another three similar-looking bestial short-horned humanoids, carrying spears and wearing, like, leather armour. As the as the driver, obviously, like, clocks you guys and sees you, like, slows the, the cart down, and you hear a voice from inside say, What is it? And the the driver says, Humans, my lord. Travellers, by the look of them. At which point the, like the curtain on the the side of the cart is like twitched open and you see a head poke out and it has a similar, similar sort of bestial-like goat-like look to it. This one, however, has like long curled horns coming out of its head and he... He looks across at you and he says, oh, "Ah, greetings, traveller. What finds you on this? Uh, finds you on the horse eye road this early in the morning?" Um, we travel
2: west, um, looking for objects of interest, um, oh. treasures, you might say.
0: He says, oh well, uh, if you travel much further on the road, uh if you go past Fort uh, Fort Volga, you'll be uh, you'll be finding yourself uh, heading out of the domain of Lady Haramore, and uh, you'll be heading into the Nagwood. So I'd advise you to be on your guard. The place is riddled with those filthy, disease-ridden crookhorns.
2: Aye, so we have heard.
0: Aye, in fact, I'm uh, I'm just travelling back. I've been advising. Uh, I'm travelling back to uh, Lord Malbleet's court. I've just been advising Lady Haramore on. How she might best deal with the problem of those filthy mangy wretches.
2: Hmm. Indeed, and sorry, the lord you mentioned his name is Lord Malblet, of course.
0: Okay, and where does he live? Well, he, he owns pretty much all of the the woodland to the directly to the south of here. If you continue south, just across the river, then you'll be in the domain of Lord Malblet. I see. Right, That's a Obviously, there's somewhat of a tension between him and Ramius at the minute, and uh, then there's the, the assorted human domains around that and such like. Uh-huh. Sorry, he's at odds with who, did you say? Ramius. Lord Ramius. Oh, uh, Here's Lord Ramius when he's at home. And he's another one of the uh, one of the Longhorn Lords about. uh There's some bad blood between them going back a, a long time. In fact, they, uh, they had to get a the lord of brackenwald in to, to dispute the affair Uh luckily the the two lords still respect the the, the old alliances between a uh, man and the longhorns
2: okay i see i see
0: and there's a there's a sort of uneasy peace at the moment uh, but you never know when these things are going to flare up again that's why i'm keen to get back
2: indeed indeed for for sure you know, the my, politics is complex
0: indeed but my my lord commanded me to to pay a visit to a uh, Lady Harrimore of an Haramore keep and uh, offer her some advice. And uh, well, if my lord commands, then that is what I shall do. Indeed, indeed. And tell me, what is your name? Master Longhorn. He says, Ah, I am Sir Embermore. Ah. Pleased to make your acquaintance. And, and you, what, what might you be known as, sir?
2: Malcolm, they call me. Malcolm Harp. Malcolm, that is, a, that
0: is a strange name
2: yes i am a i am from a strange land
0: ah well <laughs> who am I to judge i'm sure if you had if you continue in the direction you're going you'll see far stranger things what are you treasure hunters or
3: pilgrims of a sort
2: I... ah
0: follow followers of the one true god very good very good
2: Followers
0: of a god. Ah, it's it, it's not for me to question. None of my business, really. Aye. But uh I'll uh I'll leave you on your way out. But be careful, though, if you're if you're heading north. There's, there's some ruins up north, and I've uh we, we travelled past them on our way back from um, Lady Harrimaw's domain. And uh, there's a, uh, the strange winged creatures lurking in those ruins. uh Terrible shrieking we heard from those directions. I was glad to be going no nearer.
2: Okay. Well that is our destination.
0: Well, I'd advise you to be on your guard then, sir.
2: Always. These are troubling times.
0: Well, I wish you all the best, and he like he just like knocks on the side of the cart and he's like, Drive on, man. Which from the cart starts like rumbling forward. Cool. you continue on your way and eventually you draw nearer these dilapidated older ruins. Looking at it from the outskirts you can see there's this small river behind it and the road sort of winds through it, there's a a point where the road travels over the river and there's a little bridge. You can see as you look at the ruins many of the stones seem twisted, like warped and the blackened as though soot clings to them like some sort of great conflagration or explosion happened here that's marred the very fabric of the place.
1: As we're getting closer, is there any sign of these winged creatures that this guy talked of?
0: You're sort of scanning around you don't see any signs of wing wings, but you're in the trees, so it's quite difficult to see up high. Yeah. However, as you get a bit nearer you hear this you hear this like very faint voice be like Help Help For the love of the one true God, somebody help 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 I say.
3: Not all the voices have been friendly in these situations. Mm uh we would do well to remain and then
0: cautious please help i say and then the voice is cut off by a loud screeching sound then again
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's coming from the abbey i'll take you direction
0: indeed and these this screech is swiftly followed by another and another and you see winged shadows that are cast on the ground as what appear to be feathered creatures converge on these ruins and the plaintive cries that come from within and that is where we're going to end the session for today guys Mm. hope you all enjoyed the session thank you very much for playing
2: yep Yep. let's go thanks a minute yep
0: okay obviously we'll we'll get to the xp and whatnot But for now, it just remains for me to thank my wonderful players and to anyone who's watching this either now or in the future. Hopefully we'll catch you for the next episode, episode 34. So take care and we'll catch you soon.